saying that out loud. Yeah, and not like the Axl Rose band. Or not like the Snake Pit or some yeah, like... Yeah, Snake or Adler's Appetite or... <laughs> no, this is the real deal. This is Guns... Like, as close to the original Guns N' Roses, at least the key members you want. Right. So, we're hoping this uh, is, is going to be an entertaining ride. I'm a big Guns N' Roses fan. Charlie, you're a big Guns N' Roses fan, wouldn't you say? Uh, one album... Yeah, yeah I, I th- with scattershot songs and after that. So, so that redefines big fan of because like I'm the same way. Like I'm a, I kind of I put Appetite up there as like as a Tony my all time favorite album. Um, I think it's just perfect top to bottom. I even the filler songs, are, right, are great. Like there's every, everything on that album. See, so, so we're gonna talk about Appetite. So the thing about Appetite that I didn't appreciate when I was younger, but started to probably a few years ago, was the. And it's something you mentioned, the structure of the track list yeah, of the songs. Because you got three big hits on there, and they're spaced out just right. Tracks one, six, and nine. Yeah. And everything in between, you know, you got, like, uh, the songs in between uh, one and six, which are, are very good. And yes. They're not played on classic rock radio enough. Now, yeah, for the weaker songs, for me, those are the ones that come after nine. But those are still really good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I can't say I want to skip any tracks when I hear them. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I I think that's not, I think that's, the, I don't think I really do skip any of them. Like, it is a great buildup from, when you kick it off with Welcome to the Jungle, which I remember, like, I wasn't exposed to Guns N' Roses until maybe 1997, to be honest. Not really. Like, I remember Terminator 2, of course, but not like, I'm going to go listen to these guys or whatever, but... Um, I remember, like, hearing Welcome to the Jungle on the radio. And, of course, back then, it was like, well, I can't just, like, the options for trying to figure out who to... <laughs> it wasn't so easy, um, fittingly. That's the second track, I think. Uh, uh, so, track two is uh, It's So Easy, yep. yep. Great song. It was so hard to figure out, though, who the hell did this song until, you know, you just finally heard someone on the radio after the umpteen time say what band we just heard. I'm like, oh, great. So what do I do now? I'm going to go buy the CD. And mm-hmm. it turns out it's Appetite, which is... <laughs> got an amazing album cover yep i mean top to all those yeah and you got to talk about uh when when this album came out let's see i was one and you were probably what four yeah three or four three or four so yeah this thing came out in the midst of the glam metal genre you know you had like uh bon jovi just had slippery when wet 
poison if you look what the cat dragged in. Yeah. You know, Motley Crue was pretty much almost at their peak. And then all of a sudden this band comes out that isn't wearing any makeup, that's wearing no. t-shirt and jeans, yeah. basically how we'd look if we were in a rock band. Right. Long hair, uh, with bandanas and kick ass music videos. It gets compared a lot of times to Rolling Stones. I hear that one too. Yeah. Like they were our Rolling Stones. Which it, that's, I, that's what do you think of that? Because that's, that's an impossible comparison. Like, I can't. I don't do think that the music anybody. sounds the same. Like 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 even from the same cloth. Yeah. And plus, yeah, Rolling just, Stones had a longevity of of reinvention. Right. Like some right. people like their '60s stuff. Like uh, my dad did that. I like their '70s stuff. And then there's their '80s when they kind of like went a little bit more commercial. Sure. Yeah. 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 yeah so. Yeah, Guns N' Roses, though, I mean, they were only around for a hot minute. Yeah, that's a... In the grand scheme of things. But they get roped... Like, that's the problem. Like, I get mad when they get roped into that era. Like, they get roped into all those bands that you list that came out. When it's like, they're not those. It's no offense to those. It's right. just, they are not... There's other bands that get roped into it, too. Yeah. That I was, I was like, no, they don't... They come from something different. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that was a band... That, a lot of people like to say that, um, like, I... I these interviews where Axl Rose actually was into glam, I, like used to like before Guns N' Roses when they were in Hollywood Rose. Yeah. And uh, what was that? The splintering of bands. Was it L.A. Guns. L.A. Guns. Yeah. Splintered off from Hollywood Rose, and then Guns N' Roses, and all the rest is history. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, that comparison, I, I don't know. But um, it they're they're just I mean like this this concert is like I mean. The, I'd always said that I don't go to many concerts. The ones I go to, I want to really count everything, like really be ones that I really want to go to, not be necessarily throwaway ones, because the problem is a lot of the bands, like even a, the, the lesser concert I'd want to go to, if you're not giving me like the real the real group here, what the hell, we got damn, another damn toll? What is God it? Damn it. It is... Maybe a buck Dollar 75? Okay. But, um... You know, um, uh, th this one, like, I, the fact that it's Axel and Slash together, the impossible. Um, I remember for years there was, like, th this This was a, a, I don't know what was more of a long shot, this or Van Halen getting back together. Or uh, Journey. Or Journey. Yeah. Like, those are the three. Those. That um, was always the conversation, like, what's going to happen first? Right, <laughs> right. See if I make it this time. Ah. There you go. You slam dunked it. Coin was kicked. What the? Ah. The coin. It, it didn't. Well, this is a sight. Stop. Hey, they got extra coins in here. We made another profit. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> well. But no, like this is like this is a a bucket to to borrow from the movie. This is a bucket list concert. Like this is one you like if if you're going to see like this is one you got to see if you have the chance. Like seeing Roth with Van Halen mm -hmm. was awesome. Which we uh, that was when we first met. Yeah, and I, you went to the first show. Yeah, in Charlotte, and you went to Greensboro. I went to Greensboro, and I had a bootleg copy of the Charlotte awesome. show. I love that. That's why I kept thinking I was like, man, we should bootleg this show. 
be hilarious, but no, I don't think the quality would be as good. No, it, it's for yeah, for a bootleg, that thing's I, pretty solid. That thing was clearly like an iPod with one of those mics mm-hmm. that you plug into the bottom. Oh yeah, the ones we used to have in Beth Locks class. Di- yeah, 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 voice addiction and shit. Yeah. So that was nine years ago. Yeah. So like, I mean, there's that one, and I don't know. I don't the, the Steve Perry the one. Really, one I've given up on. I, I think so too. I, I've even given up on Steve Perry doing anything. <laughs> I just, oh, that album's still coming out. He just seems like he's still sad yep. about. Well, there's that weird story that came out like a year ago where he was, you know, he had cancer and he was like in the hospital and he like, oh, this is a typical Steve Perry story where he fell in love with the girl that was there and then she died. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see? Money, like, money, <laughs> money, money. It's not funny, but it is funny because Steve Perry seems to have the absolute biggest cloud over his head his entire life. Do you remember when the White Sox won the World Series and like oh, their with big? Oh, Steve Perry. Yeah, yeah. And they, they not journey. No, no, no. <laughs> what really bothers me now is on um, in Amanda's car. She's got that Volkswagen, so like the radio set up to where like it'll show you who's playing. Like depending on the station, like I guess like it dials into the like it dials into her radio or whatever, where it'll show like the artist and the song, which is cool. Okay. Um, but what I don't like is, and this happens also for Genesis. It'll play like... The band? Yes. Okay. It'll play like a Journey song, like Faithfully, but it'll go Journey slash Steve Perry, and I'm like, no, that's, this isn't, no, it's Journey. I don't like that. And it'll do it for Genesis for Phil Collins as well. Like, it did, like, crazy, it did, it did the reverse. Why it, would it do that? It did, um, uh, Against All Odds, which is his single. That's him, not right. Genesis. But it gave Genesis, it was weird. No, like, I, Reminds me of when uh, Torrent Sites first really exploded, and I was so confused that uh, Oh Sherry was credited as a Journey song. Yeah, see, there you go. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I didn't know why. Remember that when Napster used to get, that shit used to be all fucked up? You'd download this, sure. and it's like... You had to go a song at a time? Yeah. Oh, it was brutal trying to get an entire album. Because it's like, oh, you want the, the absolute weakest track to complete it? Well, that one's the hardest to get. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh. But then, like, you'd get the wrong artist. They'd give you the wrong oh, yeah. artist. Oh, Journey did, uh, I Just Died in Your Arms Tonight, right. according to Napster. Oh, I, yeah. A lot of people thought they did that for a while. They, That's how you knew who illegally downloaded. I'm trying to think. But they, they <laughs> Billy Idol used to have, uh, I forget which one they would give him that was clearly not Billy Idol. But, eh, it is what it is. So, yeah, wrestling's pretty interesting right now. Uh, they have uh, two new documentaries up on the network. And oh, by, yeah? Yeah, by new, I mean... They've been on DVD for a while, and they just decided to add them to Network, and I watched one this morning. Uh, they have, they've they added the Click documentary. It's like an hour long, and they added uh, Sting's documentary, in, Into the Light. What a bullshit title. Yeah. And it's it's pretty good. Like They cover his WCW days and, and the idea of his character transformation and how it came from Scott Hall. Sure. And then all of a sudden, it becomes about WrestleMania right. and how privileged and happy he is to be there. Is that that 24 crap that they, from that one episode? Is it that footage? No, um, I think they interspersed some of okay, it. Okay. But yeah, they show him, like, talking with Triple H and stuff, and they show the match, and of course, still, this the, the fucking stain on on that match and that, that whole card is that, that victory that Triple H gets over him. Like, <laughs> hitting him with the sledgehammer and then shaking his hand afterward. <laughs> Which I think is just Bollocks. It's bollocks. I like it. It is bullshit. Yeah. And, and I still, it's such a cool idea 
to have DX and the NWO do all this stuff. But the problem here is that, like, you got <laughs> you got X Pac on the side of DX, but I'm also like, well, he's really an NWO. Like, he was NWO first, and then when you think of it in non-kayfabe terms, half of these guys on both sides are click members. Oh yeah. So the whole thing's just kind of goofy. The, the, the one thing I remember that's memorable is Scott Hall taking a back body drop on the floor. So, yeah, the documentaries. And then I think Nash okay. like, acted like he tore his quad, which everybody popped oh, for. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, it was, you know, it was all right. Yeah, I, um, Decent doc. I, I was shocked when I was, like, I was going to watch, I think I was watching, I was putting on WrestleMania 18 to watch it for the podcast, and there's best in the world, like, now playing, I'm like... Jesus. I saw that, too. It's like, are you kidding? Playing right now. I was like, what the fuck? Like, that's that's insane to me that that's, like, that they kept that up there. Yeah. Like, I figured they'd minimize the hell well, out of or, it. Or not, not so much just keep it up there, but, like, don't play it on the on the feed. Yeah. You know, like, you have to go searching for this. You want to keep your job? <laughs> you want to keep it? Which, if you've never seen that, Doc, that is one of the best yeah, docs. Yeah, it's really That was good. so good, I bought the Blu-ray of it. Case they ever oh did yeah, I remember I bought it at like like what I don't, I don't know what that place is called. It's like what's the place in the mall? Fye, Fye, something like Fye. For your entertainment. For my entertainment, your, for your entertainment. For your information. Um, and it came with all this bullshit. Like uh, it came with these uh, like these wrist pads or whatever. Like it came with all this extra crap. I was like, I really don't give a damn. I just want to watch the damn thing. I'm not thirsty. I ain't thirsty. <laughs> damn it. Uh. Guns N' Roses. Yeah. So, yeah, great first album. Uh, yeah. It, it was, I believe at the time, the highest-selling al- uh, debut album was of it? all time. Wow. Because it beat my fa- uh, my favorite debut album of all time, which was Boston. Like, gotcha. that was that was the leader. And we used to have these kind of discussions. Like, remember that metal show did that one episode yeah. where it was like, what was the better debut album? Was it Appetite for Destruction or was it... Van Halen one, and that this is still like, because that's another one that doesn't have a dud. And like, I mean, there's so many like, there 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 are parallels. It's just like you know, yeah. well, I did, did Eddie Van Halen's guitar. Like, I mean, like you almost have to go with Van Halen because it came out first, and you have to assume that there was some trickle down from that album to where it's like, oh yeah, it influenced people. You know, who were guitarists like Slash and everything, but then it's like, well, couldn't you say the same thing as Slash's like Slash's performance on Appetite influenced so many people after it, which to a degree is true. He was considered what the last guitar hero for a while. That was like sure. kind of this weird moniker he had. And he was the first real significant guitarist since Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. Now, if you've ever watched interviews with Axl Rose, because I was doing this a couple of months ago on YouTube, where he downplays Eddie Van Halen. Oh yeah. Yeah, he was like, yeah, you know, when I was looking for a guitarist for this band, uh, I did everyone was Eddie clones. You know, like everyone was doing the finger tapping and this and that. And, goes, and, and this is what he said. He goes, I wanted somebody who played a little bit more from the soul. I was just oh get the fuck out of here with that uh, shit. Oh man. Yeah, I was just don't want to talk about the most egocentric oh, it's singer of all time. Like more so than Roth or and Hagar combined, I think. Well the difference between Rose and Roth is definitely Roth has a sense of humor about whether or not he's an artist. Right. 
He does yeah. have a bit more of a sense. Yeah. Axel like does not have a sense of humor. No, there's no sense of humor. Everything I do is very serious, and, and it's and awesome. It's all, it's all it's good. So and, and the reason it takes 16 years for this new album is because it's a labor of of love and passion. How? David Lee Roth just fucking does goes down to Copacabana. <laughs> <laughs> At the Copa Copacabana. Oh yeah, David Lee Roth will cover any song that you think he should never cover. Dave and Dave podcast saying they went and saw him in New Jersey and he and he was dressed up as Uncle Sam singing Living in America. And I'm like, that is such a Dave thing. Like, it sounds awful, and I'm sure it was, but I would have had a great time with that. Um, but yeah, like, uh, Slash's playing came from more, and this could be where the Rolling Stones comparison comes from, it comes from more of a bluesy background. Yeah, totally. Yeah, like, like Eddie, Eddie had a little bit of blues in him, but that wasn't really seen until maybe the Fair Warning album, or Women and Children First, but it, it didn't dominate his playing. Like, it was more like a hint, you know? But Slash, it was always kind of there. He seems a bit more polished. Like, Eddie, like, is in Eddie improvises. Of, yes. He's, he's a, an improviser. He's a bit more of a Jackson Pollock, you know, compared to painting, where he would just drip the shit on there. I mean, you just watch that hair, so I'm just dripping paint. So yeah, it's art, baby. <laughs> Chris, Chris Jericho. <laughs> What's funny is in every dickhead that was like, I can drip paint. That's art. It's like, all right, you're, well, you're, all right, just just get out. Why don't you sell that for twenty bucks in the coffee shop, and we'll see if somebody buys it, yeah. dickhead. I was I was reading an interview with Eddie Van Halen where he pointed out the Eddie clones, mm. and he said it's interesting because a lot of those guys that are still playing guitar, they all abandoned that style of playing, except me. <laughs> yeah. Well, like yeah, they all mimicked me and, imit and, and uh, imitated me, and then they decided, oh, this doesn't work for me, and then they left it. S Slash seems a bit more. And I, I, yeah, it's not to say he's like completely formal, but he's a bit. He reminds me a bit more of Jimmy Page, like in terms yes. of the like, strong licks, right? That are um, deep. And these are both roots. bands, and that's a good point. These are both bands that I think are more, for me, more cut from the, the Led Zeppelin cloth. Oh. Of, you got the great, charismatic frontman, and the real star of the band, which is the guitarist. <laughs> and maybe Aerosmith to a degree, because they were, they're, yeah, yeah. they're, you know, just from the uh, band over here in America and stuff, like, you know. Um, Aerosmith is a direct descendant from the Rolling Stones. Absolutely. Oh, like, God, yeah. God, yeah. Especially if you listen to those first few albums, like, Get Your Wings, and you're like, oh, this sounds like American Rolling Stones. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, Guns N' Roses, so they did Appetite. Phenomenal album, stands the test of time. Yeah. And then they do a double album. Well, which, do you count lot? What about lot? Like, oh, yeah, Lions. Lives. Live, right. That that was was that was that something that was made before Appetite and then use away. I think they were B sides. Okay. Yeah, I think they were like I believe like some because some of those songs are live, so they sound like they were recorded during some of the club days. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think it was. I think it was, it was definitely released after Appetite. Yeah. No doubt about it. And it had a, a hit single off of it. Yep. Is that Patience? Patience is that, yeah. Which is a great song. One of the few songs I like with whistling in it. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. That's a short list. <laughs> it's not Kid Rock's Cowboy. No, oh, that's got man. That's got a whistle in it. So these two uh, these two albums, I guess this is what I'd like to do, just talk about these these albums that they did. These yeah. two albums had the, the classic lineup of Axl Rose, Slash, Duff McKagan, Izzy Stradlin, and Stephen Adler. And then all of a sudden, Use Your Illusion comes up, and Stephen Adler is gone. And this is how many years later? Like, that's also... Like, this is like 91? Yeah, so I like, guess this is like five years. Yeah, they took... 
They took a bit, four I mean, or five years. For that era of time? Yeah, those, that's huge. those bands back then were cranking out albums every year. And then, like, what was it, like, Metallica's Black album? It's like, the same, they're being recorded at the same time. Which Never is mind. Like, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like, it's an insane, like, like three monster albums. Oh, also, least, uh, Motley Crue's Dr. Feelgood album. Which, I mean, that was a big one. It's incredible, all the stuff that's coming out. But in particular, Guns, it just it was such a long period of time. But then this goes back to, it all comes down to Axel. And what do, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? And, and this was a very drugged out band. Oh, man. <laughs> which gets uh, documented. Axel. Axel's not, isn't he? Well, he is, but he's 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 not to the level of right. a Slash or a Duff. Like, what did Duff do? Duff, he, he basically had like a Nikki Six moment or something oh. where he died. <laughs> That's right. And then came back to life somehow. Um, so Use Your Illusion was a double album. Both albums got released on the same day. It's great if you ever see the YouTube footage of the people, because you're not going to see this anymore today, but people waiting outside record stores at midnight, waiting for this thing to get released. Because that was a big deal. Like, what was going to be bigger, this or the Black Album? And clearly, like, the Black Album is... is, is I would say probably the, well, the better, only because you have to take bits of each User Illusion to form a good album. Well, see, and that's what—that's the thing. So User Illusion one and two, they topped the charts at one and two respectively, and they both sold seven and eight million apiece. Yeah. Which, if you add that up, is right about what the Black Album sold. Right. So is that the same people buying both, or is that you know one or like people buying this and people buying that? Because there are only five bands, I believe, that went diamond in the United States. And Guns N' Roses could have been one of them, but they're not. Van Halen, though, is. Yep. <laughs> Along with Def Leppard. The other big album from 87. Yeah, Hysteria. Um, so, yeah, the, and I agree. And that's one of the reasons why Use Your Illusion is so difficult for me to listen to. Because there are songs, there's probably 10 or 12 songs that I've just love off yeah. of those albums and then but it's a 30 track I mean like it's bloated like it's, it's very bloated and I and, and that's the thing like this is where like you have a guy who refuses to be edited basically like he's they, the Kevin Costner of rock and roll I mean like <laughs> yeah yes he is he's, Kevin, he's Kevin Costner and Kevin Reynolds he's, <laughs> he's, he's both oh no <laughs> and so like yeah it's it, it and I this is when the, we the wheels were really coming off the, the wagon. The van? Yes. Oh, yeah. They were... So they go on tour. Yeah. Izzy Stradlin, I believe, quits during this bit. And Izzy Stradlin, he's the, I think he's the most underrated member of this band because he wrote most of those songs. Yeah. Like, You Could Be Mine, that's him. Like, that's his, like, story. And stuff like that. So he leaves. And then Axl Rose cuts this promo on the band during a live show where he goes... Yeah, this might be... You're probably looking at the final Guns N' Roses show because a lot of the guys up here on this stage don't have their shit together. Did this live in front of, and, and yeah, this was the last one for a bit. So they disappear. They come out two years later with an album that is so hard to listen to. It's the Spaghetti Incident. So, right, when was the concert... The, the remember oh, oh, the Metallica show. Yes, yes. So, oh, like, where, yeah. where Headfield, like, it set on fire. Headfield... <laughs> is a flame, yeah. Because because the you get, like you, this, this is the time we live in the back then where Metallica would open for Guns N' Roses. Like I mean, you can say it's a double bill, right. but at the end of the at the end of the day, somebody's got to go on last. Right. So yeah, that happens. 
Metallica has to cut their set short. Guns N' Roses still makes their audience wait for like two hours. Yeah. And as Lars Ulrich said in the Behind the Music of, for Metallica, Guns N' Roses could have come out and saved the day. Yes. They could have salvaged it, and it could have all been great. Oh, absolutely. Guns Instead, N' Roses plays yeah. six songs. Yes. Axl Rose sees a guy with a camera in the audience, which, that shit don't fly today. <laughs> what, what? Axl Rose dives off the stage, <laughs> and then a, a riot happens. It's insane. Like, yep. I mean, this is a guy who also, like, he fired, like, every vocal coach. Mm-hmm. He's his own vocal coach. I mean, I don't know. We'll see how that voice holds up tonight. I'm interested It sounds to good on YouTube. Yeah. When he sings Guns or ACDC, which, wow. it's that in a sec. So, yeah, Spaghetti Incident comes out. Yeah. This is basically their Diver Down. This is a cover album for the most part. I think there's one or two original songs. I'm not sure. I don't really give a shit. It's not very good. And then, and it didn't sell that well either. Interview with the Vampire. I love the story of them covering Rolling Stones' Sympathy for the Devil. That you can actually hear the band breaking up while you listen to that song. I remember remember that quote, and sure enough, this was the last thing for a bit. That's it. They do that song, and it's a good cover. It's one of their better covers. But it kills the band. It's their humans being. And then, they don't show up again until 1999 for, for End of Days. Oh, yeah, that's right. They did a song, like, Axl Rose and Schwarzenegger, apparently like this. So they do a song for End of Days, and I've never heard it. Unfortunately, I've always wanted to hear it. But but the consensus was, this does not sound like Guns N' Roses. This sounds like Industrial We'll have to listen to that at some point. Yeah, at some point. Yeah, I don't remember what the name of the song was, but that, that got a bad reception. At this point, the entire band is completely different, with the exception of Axl Rose. I think you've got Buckethead in there. Uh, Bach. <laughs> like, you, ever, you ever hear that's Vigo's kid? Vigo, Vigo the Carpathian? Yeah, the Carpathian. Why is well, What a story he has. Holy okay, shit. Okay, I was talking about this to somebody. That's an evil dude. Dude, he sucks. I mean, like, Vigo, like, Ghostbusters 2 Vigo yeah. is awful. Let's segue real quick. Tell him, <laughs> Let's talk about the evil Carpathian that he is. What did Vigo he do? Carpathian. So the story is... So he has a half-sister... I believe, or something. Is he still alive, first off? No, he's dead. He okay. died of prostate cancer. Which, yeah, that'll come into oh. play here in a bit. So yeah, Vigo the Carpathian, one of the most iconic 80s villains. And it's just a painting. So And he was Die Hard. He he's... was in Die Hard. <laughs> yeah, forget the rocket! Forget the rocket! <laughs> Geronimo, motherfucker. Yeah, he's the guy that does this. <laughs> he's, he does the Harrison Ford fall. So, so he has this, like, uh, stepsister or something. Because... It's like his father's uh, wife's kid, so or, or half, whatever you want to call it. I don't know. I don't have siblings. So this lady finds out years down the road that Vigo the Carpathian might not actually be uh, her half-brother. He might actually be her father, which means oh. that Vigo, and this did happen, raped his father's wife. Think about that for a second. Yeah, not good. His father's wife. Yeah, who was but a little younger. Mom. But not his mom. Step. Not his mom. He raped his stepmom. This is basically like stepmom Oedipus complex or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like that that's bad. That's really bad. And he uh he, he I think he wanted to, to tell her like he did some vindictive shit right before he died. Like uh and I don't I don't think the sister talks about it, 
where he wrote her a, a note or, or left her something in his will right as he died. Because apparently nobody liked this guy. You even listen to the producers of Ghostbusters 2 and they say what a miserable son of a bitch he was. And it's not even his voice. Oh, yeah. It's Max von Sydow. Oh, yeah, yeah. That does, now you say that, it does sound like him. Yeah. And, and Vigo, he did not know that he was overdubbed until he went to the premiere of Ghostbusters 2. Him and David Prowse probably had a beer. Well, there is a YouTube video of the original unedited uh, him talking. Oh, he sounds awful. <laughs> it's like if you've ever seen the YouTube video of Peter Mayhew oh, talking, in the, <laughs> which is one of the most charming things I've ever the seen. The old man's mad. Yeah, the old <laughs> man's mad. It's, I feel like I'm watching Planet of the Apes when I do that with yeah, Star that's Wars. That's awesome. But yeah, Vigo the Carpathian, not Big not piece of shit. Big All right, so... We go. We get back to uh, so. So, but Vigo Mortensen's kid, I heard was like oh. there was a rumor for years. Oh, Hugo, is is uh, the Vigo Mortensen's kid is Buckethead. That was this long-standing rumor, I, and it may be true. I've never, I'd never dug up to confirm, but I remember hearing that from somebody. I was like, oh, right on. I didn't pay much attention to GNR at that point. I, I really wasn't because I didn't care about GNR again until because I'm one of those. I'm one of the people. I, I did torrent back then. I don't do it anymore. Thank you. But I never torrented the leaked Chinese Democracy songs because I wanted to wait. I wanted to see if they were ever going to release this thing, and, and they released it. And we were in college. That album. Let's also put into context that album. That name of that album. The concept of that album. I've been talked about since like 1994. It was going to be a follow-up to Spaghetti. <laughs> I mean, it's like Slash worked on it. I mean, like. It has had it. I mean, it. It took the Duke fourteen Nukem years forever of uh, yeah of uh, music. It, someone's one one eight hundred kiss my ass goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Have a nice day. I remember buying that album. It came out the same day as a new Tesla album. And uh, needless to say, the Tesla album was better. But not to say that I don't like. Chinese Democracy because you, you came upstairs when we were working at the theater yeah. and you had a song yeah. from that and you're like let's listen to it and I think it was Better Better Better's pretty which good which is my favorite song yeah. on that album which I hear they're playing tonight which right? is fantastic I love that uh, and then Rock Band 2 was the other way Rock Band oh, 2 yeah. had Shackler's Revenge that's the other track yeah 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 and yeah. for an industrial rock Nine Inch Nails type song that song fucking rocks that is a cool song and this was an album I ended up buying twice. I bought the CD, listened to it a few times, and then they released the entire album on Rock Band. And that, that that's a really hard album to play on Rock Band. Like, there's a lot of, like, like hard instrumentation. Yeah, I mean, like, it it's a very hard album to get through with. Like, it takes multiple settings to really enjoy it. It's a 14-track album. All the songs sound different from one another. It's very diverse. And therefore, it makes it somewhat difficult to digest. Yeah. Like it doesn't really have a flow. Yeah. But if you can get by that, it's it, it doesn't deserve the, the crap it gets. Also, during this time, you got to remember, in 2004, which was four years before the album actually got released, um, Geffen Records, who was the label of Guns N' Roses, without permission, released Guns N' Roses' greatest hits. Oh, is, yeah, 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 yeah. we got to okay. talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that is one of the shittiest, greatest hits of is, all time. The cover's awesome. The cover's great. The cover. The cover's great. The only reason that that album's really worth a damn is because it's the first officially released Guns N' Roses anything that has Sympathy for the Devil on it. Originally, the only way you could get that song was the Interview with the Vampire soundtrack. 
Gotcha. But the problem with this album, and the only reason they released it was because they needed to recoup some of the money from Chinese democracy. This album cost like $15 million to make because of all the delays. You have three songs from Appetite on there. Just three. And I believe they're right in a row. Tracks one, two, three. And then the rest of it is Use Your Illusion, two songs from Spaghetti Incident, one song from GNR Lives, and then you have uh, Sympathy for the Devil. And for them to underplay how great of an album uh, Appetite was, was really upsetting oh, to yeah, me. yeah, man. And this pissed off Axl Rose and Slash so much that they sued Geffen Records over the Greatest Hits album. Now, the album did go on to sell three million copies. Sure. But at the same time, it's 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 a waste. Appetite is really all... If you really just... That is the greatest. That, I mean, it, it really... <laughs> I mean, like, there there are some good songs that came out after, but... Sure. But, I mean, that... My favorite gun song isn't even on that album, but it's just it's just those songs. What is it? You oh, be, You Could Be Mine. Yeah. That's a great, angry, cool rock song. But the way... That that album has great production. You know, like, Steven Adler... I try to, I try to like, justify... Uh, is it Steven Adler's playing that's so good, or is it the way that his drums are mixed? You know, it just sounds incredible. And the, and the album sounds huge. Yes. Yes, it does. So Chinese gets released, debuts at number three, goes on to sell a million and a half. It, it totally bombs. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, that, it had no chance. It had no chance. But, you know, I don't... I like the, 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 that they're playing these songs in concert because some of uh, Guns' best Latter-day Appetite stuff is on that album, I think even though it's not really guns. So then they get inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in their first fucking year of being eligible. Of course. Yeah, oh now, yeah. Now let's talk about that for a second. So in order to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, it has to have been 25 years since your first single came out or your first album. It's something like that. Now, a lot of bands... Let's see, theirs would be 86. 87. Or 87. So they get okay, inducted yeah. in 2012. Yeah. Now, yeah. I, it's a political play a, a lot of the times to try to get the band to come back together to, to perform together. Right. But there are so many great bands that I think are better than Guns N' Roses that are eligible that either never got in or it's taken years right. to get in. Like, prime example... Deep Purple. Deep Deep Purple, which I believe they just got it. Did they get in? I think they just... Kiss, I know, it was only a couple years ago. And right. I mean, I mean, I say we... I'm not a huge... Kiss. But they should be in there. Right, right. You know, they're not they're not the best band in right. the world. But, like, Van Halen. Van Halen went in, I think, seven or eight years after they were eligible. Like, that right there. And just like, no, nope, that's dumb. But, so Guns gets in, Axl Rose doesn't show up. Uh, I believe the only people who showed up were Slash, Duff, Adler, and Swarm. And Axl just went, no, I'm staying home. Fuck that. You know, it wasn't quite the fuck you that Van Halen did, where it was oh, just yeah. Sammy Hagar and Michael Anthony. And Dave wanted to go, but... This is a good tie-in. Velvet Revolver was going to play some Van Halen tunes. Velvet oh, Revolver. right. Man, I have man, this thing recorded. This... I was so pissed off by this performance. David Lee Roth wanted to play Jump. Yeah. And Velvet Revolver went, you know, that's not us. Oh, are you being inducted? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. What did they end up playing? You really, was there, you so really they, got me? So or? they played two songs. They played one Roth and one Hagar. Okay. Kind of. So Roth, they did Ain't Talking About Love. Okay. And it was, it was decent. But for Hagar, they did Runaround. And I, you could never tell it was Runaround until maybe a minute into it because they didn't bother to learn the song or they didn't care. They wanted to put their own spin on it, even though Hagar and Anthony were there. And then Hagar and Anthony went out and played with Paul Schaefer, and then for some reason that was better. 
that thing was a shit show. Oh. But but that when Van Halen went in, that was right before the 2007 tour. Yeah. And David Lee Roth, I, I think there was also this feeling that if he went while Eddie was in rehab, because that's where he was at the time, that would have killed the tour. So gotcha. probably for the best. Yeah, oh, yeah, totally. didn't go. Yeah. But, but Guns N' Roses got in. It was great, uh, you know, that they got their, their due, even though I think it, it was way too early for them compared to other bands. Right. They, their Behind the Music comes out, which is very interesting because it's all new interviews with Slash, and I believe Adler did new interviews, but all the interviews with Axel are archival. Oh, gotta be. Oh, yeah. They're all archival. Like, he went through some transformations. Yes, like, he did. Didn't, didn't he go, like, he went, like, all dreadlock and shit? Well, that's a dark period. Something like that, I mean, He geez. did, he did do it. And he gained weight. Oh, yeah. Is he still uh, on the no. heavier side now, or is he... No, no, no. He's he's definitely lost some of his weight. Hell, an article came out a while ago that said that he was trying to get all the fat pictures of him taken down from Google. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It's the internet. Yes. You know, you had a, you had a bad period, and no big deal. Uh, and then there were stories that came out that Axel uh, was in not so good a health, where he would perform a song or two with guns, and then he'd have to go backstage and sit on a gurney with oxygen being breathed into him. Jesus. Yeah, because of his performance. Because, I mean, he is a performer. Yeah. You know, which is why I was totally hoping he would be out of the wheelchair for this, because he is very energetic when he's on stage. Is he out of the wheelchair? He's out of the wheelchair, dude. Oh, Jesus. Oh, yeah. He's up and running around. Here we okay. go. So, that about covers that. And up until when the news starts hitting that there might be a reunion. Like, Because, well, like, what Duff played with Axel at one point. Yep. Right. And that so was, did Adler. Yeah. And it was like, well, you need Slash, really. Right. And will Slash ever... Oh, we also skipped Deadpool. Oh, right, 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 right. They're yeah. cameo. Yeah, so in Dirty Harry 5, the Deadpool, uh, <laughs> uh, Guns N' Roses is in there. They're in, yeah. they're in the movie. They they play Welcome to the Jungle, but it's not really them playing it. It's Jim Carrey. <laughs> uh, lip syncing. It sounds great made that's up. That's who we're seeing tonight is Jim Carrey. <laughs> Jim Carrey is Axl Rose. Yeah. Yeah, and that was, that was cool. They picked Guns N' Roses. Like, that's a nice little uh, novelty yeah. uh, from the times. But yeah, so they're talking about this reunion and like they have for years, and uh, you know you just like take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, this probably isn't going to happen. And then all of a sudden, it's kind of like this combination of not only is this happening, but Brian Johnson might have to retire from ACDC. Well, who are they going to get to sing for him? Well, Axl Rose, of course. Like, what? Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, you could never have predicted this in any way whatsoever that no. in the same year, Guns N' Roses would reunite and that Axl Rose would join ACDC and tour with them in the same year. And how, he's doing how, a great job. Yeah, so how are... Does he have two tours going on at once? No, uh, he just got done with the European leg of ACDC, um, and now he's doing Guns. And, that, and then the ACDC tour resumes in North America. I thought Brian Johnson wanted to come back. He's got his hearing fixed. Brian Johnson can get his hearing fixed. That was the last thing uh, that was said. You know how he lost his hearing? So he's a big, Just like... Rocking too hard? <laughs> you would think. But no, he's a big, like, drag racing enthusiast. And this moron... I mean, he's one of my idols. Like, ACDC. I, I just adore that band. But this moron 
decides to go for a ride in one of the cars, and he doesn't put ear uh, earplugs in. That's all. That's what happened, and he did this on numerous occasions. And all of a sudden, his hearing just goes out, and it becomes uh, a detrimental situation where if you continue to tour with ACDC, you risk the the, uh, the loss of your hearing on a permanent level. So he decided in his best interest not to tour. And the way ACDC handled that was shit. Where this guy who basically saved the band yeah. was just kind of tossed aside, a la any Journey singer after Steve Ferry. <laughs> well, Steve Ogieri, thank you very much. Oh, your voice has gone out. Boom, gone. <laughs> Jeff Scott Soto, you don't sound like Steve Ferry. Fuck off. Gone. Yeah, so, and, and it was just very disrespectful. So now it's just like, well, I hope Brian Johnson comes back. And I hope Guns N' Roses can stay together. Because I remember, always remember something I told you when right before Chinese Democracy came out, which was, I'm not so much anticipating this album. I'm anticipating the one after. Because when will that ha- when, you know, when will that come out? I mean, they t- is that, has that been talked about? No, not no, really. Uh, not at this point. Let's just get through this. Well, well, that's what rock bands seem to be nowadays. They seem to be... Uh, they Music isn't what it used to be in terms of how you sell music, uh, how people consume music. So the money is now in the touring circuit. Right. It's, you make more money by touring. Like, for fuck's sake, Van Halen with David Lee Roth were together during this last run longer than they were during their original run. And they put out one studio album, which was basically a reworking of a lot of their old demos. Still pretty good, but still. And one live album compared to their six, the six-pack of classic albums that they put out in the 70s and the 80s. Yeah. So, it's like, to get any new music from these guys, like, is, you're lucky at that point. Right. You know, you just can't expect it. I wonder, man, if they, if, if they would do another Guns uh, album. That's interesting. Without killing each other. Yeah. Yeah, because the way Axl Rose is. So where are we? We're at about 50 minutes. We're about... Let's see, hour and a half away. We're about an hour and a half away. So this is going to be a long podcast. It's not going to be all at once. We're going to be probably popping up the hotel, the, the concert. Yep. Whatever, you know. See what happens. It'll be interesting. We heard about the MetLife. 30 people <laughs> Thirty people got arrested for various reasons. Like drunk and disorderly. Because like, the word I'm, I'm searching for is guns. Like, yeah. That is always the word I'm searching for, and, and I didn't. And, and luckily, I, I didn't read that. And some lady shit her pants or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh God! It's so easy, easy. Oh man! All right, but we'll be coming back at you guys next stop. All right, hit pack or ship pack? Hit pack and ship pack for Wesley Snipes. If you got to do a hit pack for Wesley oh, Snipes, oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, the yeah, best yeah. four. Um, you could throw one out first. Uh, Passenger 57. Wildcats. <laughs> or New Jack City. Honestly, okay. I would put New Jack right. City in there. Because that was the beginning of Wesley Snipes. Yeah. Uh, so, so what do we got? New Jack City and Passenger 57. Yeah. I would throw in. I would throw in Major League. And I would throw in White Man Can't Jump. Oh yeah. Which is perfect for our shit pack. Yes. Okay, number one. <laughs> money <laughs> train. <laughs> <laughs> They're brothers. Oh, God. All right, Whoa. money train. Um, uh, 
Oh God! Just this is this this is this could be too easy. I'm I am gonna put Art of War because that is that's uh, the next that one. that, that would have to be. Well, Remember what? who else was in that movie? Michael Bean. Oh, he's the bad guy. Yeah, well. <laughs> uh, boiling point, easily. Oh, boiling point. Him and Dennis Hopper. Oh, what a shitty movie. And oh, what's the fourth? Oh, one? Wow. All right. So, uh, what was another? You haven't seen Drop Zone, so you can't, I can't put say that, in that one. There. But uh, Blade Three. Oh. oh. This is randomly in the back. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. What a pack of movies. If you went to Walmart, and here we go. What do I got here? Oh, a Wesley Snipes four-pack. What do we got? Uh, you've got uh, Art of War, Drop Zone. <laughs> um, what was the other one? Oh, a Money Train and Money Blade 3. Sounds like a winner to me. <laughs> this is one that's going under the jacket. Now, I know you... I, li- I like it. I think it's good. It's not great. I know you don't like U.S. Marshals. <laughs> well, okay, it's just the fact if that... If he had just if, been the bad guy. Well, it, and also, like, if it wasn't in the same universe as The Fugitive, where, like, that may... I this may has think, already happened. I, I may think... That, <laughs> I mean, the fact that Tommy Lee Jones doesn't, like, have this moment where he realizes... <laughs> no, wait a minute. <laughs> I am so bad. I'm going to have to re-examine my life. <laughs> I'm going to have to go to every outhouse, shit house, and <laughs> some depth yeah, in U.S. Marshals. Exactly, and yeah, it's like, no. it, it's so hollow. Like, it just, it, is. it doesn't land. Like, that's the only thing I bother. But otherwise, like, I wouldn't, I don't think U.S. Marshals is really, I wouldn't put it beneath any of those movies we've I wouldn't seen. either. But, uh, it's I, either, I, it's I, a six I, or a seven. I'll, I'll go with Blade 3. Okay. Wow. <laughs> wow, what a pack. All right, so we just talked about, like, um, Clint Eastwood. All right, I hit pack for him. Now, this is hard. Mm. This is a hard one. Because you can't overload one, both of his key that's, genres. That's what I'm saying. So I'll start with, I'll start with Dirty Harry. Oh yeah, Dirty Harry. Yeah, easily, easily. Even though like I, we like other Dirty Harry movies better than right, Dirty Harry. Right, but you have you gotta have you that gotta one. have that one in there. I think for the westerns, like, uh, see, this is tough because hey, like <laughs> two meals for Sister Sarah. <laughs> now, I mean, it's it's easy to go for the Leone film, but. Right. What about High Plains Drifter? I thought about High Plains. I was either going to go with High Plains or The Outlaw Josie Wales. See, because just th- this is where the Clint Eastwood uh, rape conundrum comes into play. Where, like, he, you know, in, in some movies, he is the rapist. In other movies, he's watching the rape. Sometimes he's the one getting raped. Yep, yep. It just, you know, that's just the way it rolls sometimes for old C.E. <laughs> Double A spine buster. <laughs> Clint Eastwood delivers the spine buster to the Undertaker. <laughs> oh my God! No. Right, so here's the that this is probably more fun is to do maybe not Clint Eastwood's shit pack, but definitely his mediocre yeah, because pack. I think honestly, and this is sad to say, I think in terms of movies that he started, he has more mediocre movies oh, yes. than anything. Oh yeah. Uh, and I actually owned I, a lot of these I packs. feel bad because I think you could do a mediocre pack for just the 90s for yeah. Clint Eastwood. That's the problem. Okay. Well, all right, I'll, I'll start a movie that had great potential, that, sh- that delivered in the first 20 minutes, and then just gave up right as soon as those ah. credits rolled. Is absolute power. That's... I wanted so much out of that movie, and I got so little. Another movie where, this is a movie where I Clint Eastwood, what's that? Go ahead. Oh, man. Go ahead. Uh, yes. For, for Perfect pack. World? No, no. In the Line of Fire. In the Line of Fire, oh, okay. I love yep, In the Line yep, of Fire. Yep. So, that's okay. Maybe switch that out for uh, something. What are you going to switch out? Uh, yeah. All right, I'll tell you this. Take out Heartbreak Ridge, put in In the Line of Fire. Oh, 
I'm, that's I'm a better. I, that's a more. I would be more inclined to buy that four pack if in the line of fire was in there. Okay. So, all right. So, if you're looking at the shitty ones, because like, I mean, honestly, you could pick Blood Work. You could pick fucking uh, True Crime. Like, I I don't mind True Crime, but again, we're talking mediocre, not it's awful. Just mediocre. Mediocre. Um, even Space Cowboys. Like, I need to revisit it. I have it now, but you know, I, I haven't seen it since the theater. It's got it. It the old. We're old guys, and we're trying to go into space. Except like, Tommy Lee Jones is like 15 years ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. So, I, I think you've got a couple of those, and uh, especially that blood work. That blood work is the such a... blood work. I know you're not, you're not a fan of that. What a pile one. of shit that is. <laughs> what a fucking ridiculous twist, if you want to call it that. Buddy no- Noon? Yeah. Buddy yeah. Noon? That's all I remember from the movie. Harry, you're alive, and you're the killer <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> what a ridiculous shitbag! Uh, all right, so, but there's some. There are clearly some of the '70s and '80s that are yeah, not good. That's where like, my mind is going. Like, like, I mean, all right, here's one: City Heat. <laughs> there, it is. there it is. So, Absolute Power and City Heat. Now, a lot of people shit on this movie, but I found it immensely enjoyable on a B level. Yeah, is uh, Firefox. <laughs> yes. I I I am a closeted fan of Firefox, but if I had to throw in another one in here for the mediocre pack, um, I'll do I'll do the Gauntlet. You'll do the Gauntlet. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sixteen blocks, thirty years earlier. <laughs> That's right. That's all it is. It is. Yeah. Um. I. No, I like the rookie way too much. I the rookie real, is I, just I, enjoyable enough. Yeah. To where. I'd put it above. Um, what's a, I'm trying to think of a really, like, just... Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, that... Rookie's a better Dirty Harry movie it is. Than, it is. Than, than the Deadpool. I'd say it's a better Dirty Harry movie than Enforcer. <laughs> um, I'm going to put Tightrope in there. <laughs> <laughs> Clint Eastwood is getting off on... Uh, Clint Eastwood gets Surprise. off on, on on masochistic behavior in the bedroom. He likes the S and M. That's basically what it is. Like he's following this case and he starts to fall a little too tightly. He's kind of bringing it home. Dun 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 dun. dun. So that's it. That'd that's be your four pack. Yeah. Yeah. So what was it? So that's we absolute said, power. Absolute power. <laughs> Blood work. <laughs> Blood work. Um, the gauntlet. Yep. And tightrope. Yep. Oh man. Now, Pink Cadillac just missed the cut too, and that one you know. Sort of the monkey movie. And one of the monk or whatever it is, orangutan or now, whatever. Where this comes from, from what I remember, like us doing this is, it was that time I bought that Bruce Willis pack. Oh, and, what was that pack? Oh, oh, I'll, I'll tell you, it's a three pack. They, yeah, you know, I guess they thought that this was enough. And then, is and, Tears of the Sun in there? No, and oh, <laughs> and I'll get, I'll tell you this much, that movie's worse than all three of these. <laughs> so I called it the Bruce Willis mediocre pack, and that's when we started coming up with this shit. So. It's 12 Monkeys, The Jackal, and Mercury Rising. Man, that went downhill so yes, quick. Yes, it did. Like, in, in order. Because <laughs> I bought it for 12 Monkeys, and even that I'm not really enthralled with. No. But yeah, it's really. like, well, what else? Like, kind of weird packs. And Clint Eastwood, I have a lot of those packs. Like, what is it? The Beguiled, the Iger Sanction, Coogan's Bluff. Yeah, all the 70s And there's a fourth ones. one. That is in one pack. Yeah. So, I want, like, all right, I got one. I got one. Let's do Kevin Costner. Okay. Let's do right. Kevin Costner. Uh, Kevin Costner. S- hit start with pack. a hit. Um, for a hit, um, I 
I'm a, I, I What's got, your favorite I got to see. I got to put in Bull Durham. Like I okay. got, I got to. Yeah. All right. Well, shit. That's a baseball move. Uh, <laughs> well, that does kind of take up a lot of his catalog, doesn't it? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, I know you want to put for love of the game in there. No, I put in half. Of How that could you half get of that movie. Ha- something you care about so much? I'm gonna jump out this window. <laughs> this <laughs> fucking oh. movie. I, it's a, it, it's, I don't really consider it a baseball movie, but it's my favorite of his, and one of my favorites of all time. Uh, I have to put in Field of Dreams. Yeah, that's cool. I have to put in that movie. Um, when you want to know, you want to put in the, the postman. I, I, oh, I was. I, I, I am torn between putting in Tin Cup or The Bodyguard. Oh, jeez. Because I like both. I like both of those movies a lot. What about and, Perfect World? Oh, Split oh, the difference. oh, yes, okay. All right, movie. perfect world it is. That goes. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, absolutely. All right, so a shit pack. Now, this is where it's going to get interesting because a lot of the movies that people hate by him, I am a fan of. Uh, that's I, not... That, and, and, and I like here's the Postman. The there's a Costner renaissance that's happened in the last five years. He's got a lot of interesting movies that have come out, both on TV. Black and white and... Jack Ryan. What's this one? Criminal? That's just... Crim- I heard that was terrible. <laughs> Dad liked it. So I'm like, all right, well, that's good enough for me. Uh, but Jesus, like, he did that Taken movie. Uh, what was it? Three Days to Kill? or oh, I, I saw I, that in the theater. I really liked that movie. It was okay. Yes. It wasn't bad. And I think and Haley Steinfeld's great. Yeah. So there's that. But, but we're talking, like, classic cars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you got to go from, yeah. like, 85 to, like, 2004 or something. Um. So, but movie—he does have movies that I don't care for. You know, one that I feel bad didn't make his hit back was Revenge. Yeah. And that's a. But good, I wouldn't. But, yeah. I wouldn't call that a bad movie. Or his hit pack, I should say. Like I, oh, I, would, I, I would almost want to well, put that in there. I want. I would put Silverado. But that's another. Yeah, I, I, I'm not gonna fault for it. Not my cup of tea, but hey, man. <laughs> Costner has done movies far worse and far better. I would never. I, I probably would never. I would never dump on that movie enough to throw it out. And I, I love Waterworld. I, I, I truly do. Yeah, both, yeah. Both versions. I think The Postman's pretty bad, though. I don't think it's that bad. You don't... You, that, that, I, I, I think... I, I think the I, movie gets lost in his ego. That's the problem. Because uh, like, the movie him, ends on a shot of him and, and his statue. Especially... <laughs> yeah. The message behind the movie, I think, is pretty cool. I think Will Patton is a pretty cool bad guy. Uh, the movie is very self-indulgent. It's too long. And he's trying to recapture his Dances with Wolves uh, clout, which, again, that's another movie I would put in the hit pack. I love dances. But, now, Postman's, it, man, that movie's hated. Like, oh, yeah. Like, unreasonably so, I think. I, I think the movie's okay. Uh, but, around, so around 97, 98, boy, the, oh, I got one. Oh, yeah. What was that movie? Uh, the, I'm gonna get the title wrong. It came out in 2002. Uh, Butterfly, butterfly. Oh, the butterfly. Fe- no, butterfly effect. No, no, it's not that. Oh, it's dragonfly. Dragonfly. Yeah. Oh. There it is. Yeah, that's. A- oh, the one he did in South Carolina. This is the one I oh, love. Oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. The new daughter. That movie sucked. <laughs> what a piece of shit. And I remember sitting there watching it with Dad, and we're just like, he's a pussy. You don't want to see Kevin Costner puss out. Uh-huh. No. So that movie is terrible. I, oh yes, this is shaping up nicely. So that's two really good Dragonfly and uh, New Daughter. Um, old shit. Oh yeah. Um. 
Like, I didn't think Swing Vote was awful. I like Swing Vote. I think it was... I, I could never, like... It, it's one of those that's going to fall in between both of these packs. I don't think it's phenomenal. I think an underrated subgenre of movies is the uh, the Frank Capra oh, right. uh, type of film where it's like, oh, this is a movie he would have done. Now, he would have done a much better movie than Swing Boat. Like, if Jimmy Stewart and him had done a movie like that, that would have been wonderful. But for what it is, I think it's the supporting cast that really yeah. lifts that movie. Oh, Remember yeah. the political ads that they do in the movie with, with uh, Tucci? Oh, yeah. Like... That stuff is so good. I think the endings would always kind of piss people off. Was that you we know, don't know? Yeah, like, you, did you really think? I didn't because I, I never I thought, thought that they reveal it. Yeah, I thought about that too as it went on. I was like, I, I wonder how they're going to do this because they've made both candidates so like likable. Like right. they make them sympathetic characters, but yeah, yeah they West Wing the thing. Um, <laughs> but all right, so I'm trying to think of some of the other. Like I'll tell you another one of his. Like it's a very underrated performance. Is uh, the upside of anger? I never saw that. He's so good in that because it seemed like he was embracing his age a little bit, and then he forgot all about that afterwards and started doing movies again where he's like the, a younger guy. So you can't count that. But what what about for love of the game? Yeah, that shit. That's that's. I, but half of it's really good. <laughs> it's, but but that other half is very overpowering. Yeah, I mean like just I mean the his other baseball movies are so much better. Yep. Like and this. The baseball, non-baseball. I do non -baseball. love his relationship with John C. Riley in that movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there are parts that are good. But it's a bad Sam Raimi movie, which doesn't happen too often. I totally forgot that was <laughs> Sam Raimi. I was talking about Raimi with a friend of mine. They're like, you know, he's great when he when he makes his genre films. So, oh. And we started, like, coming up with the movies that he did that weren't his genre films, which I love Simple Plan. Like, that, right. That's a really good movie. Yeah, but yeah, a, yeah. A lot of his, like, Quick and the Dead, bleh. It's a weird movie, man. Like, like that's what people thought westerns were like in like that mid to late nineties. Yeah. Not like Eastwood in the early nineties with Unforgiven, but like mid to late nineties was like we got to make westerns that are hip. No, no you don't. <laughs> no, no you don't. It only works for oh, oh, here, oh. Well, no, we like Wyatt Earp. Yes, no, yes. We like that a lot. Yes. Um. <laughs> yeah, definitely. What, what are we up to? So that's. We still only got two. Yeah, new daughter. Yeah. New daughter we and gotta dragon. Something else. There's got to be some other bag of crap, for real, that we can hit the cause for. Oh God. Mm. Oh, we I, love Open Range. Yeah, I do. I his recent movies have been better. Like I liked his Jack Ryan movie. Enough. I did too. I thought it was. I thought fun. Shadow Recruit was fun. I really thought he was gonna turn heel. At the I end. did too. I, I thought it was he was oh, gonna spinebuster Chris Pine. <laughs> the and, double ice. <laughs> <laughs> double. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, he's, I mean, he's had an interesting run of movies that have come out and everything. So, yeah, I... I you can put Postman in there if, if you, yeah, you're not a fan of that. I guess. I mean, like, uh, all right. If we put the Postman in there, because, yeah, it, you can... I almost, you have to put either one of those between that and Waterworld. And I think Waterworld's better. I do it think is. it's better. It is. Um, as, as laughable as that might be to some people. Um, I think the, the internet likes to take something and just collectively hate it. If you look at Waterworld from a technical standpoint, it's a, it's a marvel uh, of a flick. I think that movie suffers from the pre-release buzz that it got, and then it's it's always stayed that way. Uh, this movie's gone way over budget. Costner is staying in a well-air-conditioned, like, beautiful kind of, like, townhouse while yeah. all, all the extras are in sleeping bags on top of cars. I also think, like, 
the gills thing and stuff like that were hard things for people to really wrap their mind around. And I was like, really? Like, like why? Like, I always think... I think like, it's because it's Kevin Costner. It, that's got to be it. Kevin Costner, uh, you know, there's a, there's a difference between an actor and a movie star. And when that movie came out, he was a bona fide movie star. So it's hard to, like, buy certain actors in certain roles once they become so identified. That fucking ending. I, and I knew it. When they find I, Dryland? Yeah. When, yeah. Well, like, when he's like, I, that's the thing that kills me. It's like, he's like, he's so, he's just so kind of depressed that they found it. All right. <laughs> oh, he leaves. Yeah. He just goes that's back right, in the water. He, he goes back in the water. <laughs> that's such a Kevin Costner thing to do. It really is. We've spent the whole movie questing, yearning for a life on dry land. And when we get there, no. I'm bored. I'm done. <laughs> I need to go make another movie. Call, I'm going to go call it Dirt World. Dirt World. Yeah, that's what they call Postman. Um, all right, so I think we did mention one, though, for him. And I think we said that um, for we mentioned for love of the game going in there. So if you have... You for, can throw that in If there. you have for love of the game, the Postman, New Daughter, and Dragonfly, you have a oh, bone... Man. You've got a bona fide shit pack on your hands, son. That is son. a shit pack. All right, so now your homework, because we did this one already off air, and this one is really hard to do. The hit pack for Jack Nicholson is not hard to do. You can do that one. You can customize that a lot of different ways. Yep. There are so many. You could do all 70s. You could do even like. You could do all 80s. You could do all 80s. You, you could do. You might. Might be able to do 90s. You might. I could pull that one out. I think you could. Um, but the real challenge is you put together a mediocre shit pack of his and then see how you come out the other side. Do it. Do it now. Go for it. Figure it out. What is the Jack Nicholson shit pack? Do it. All right, we're back. It's the hotel. We're in the place. Mm. Grizzly. What the hell's my car? Some, you bit somebody's dick off here. There's blood everywhere. This is not bad. This is a far cry from what no, we are we go. accustomed to. Information sheet. Looking for the Wi-Fi information. Oh. Mm. I went with Miller Lite. Yes, yes, I did. Yes, but the timing looks good. Five, five to five. Got plenty of time to, you know, find find out where all the hookers are. Plenty of plenty of miscreants on the outside of this place. So we're three hours away. Three hours away from showtime. Yes, which means we need to get there by like seven. Right. Right. Am yeah. I, am I too early in that? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay. I mean, you want to be smart about it. Yeah, well. What to do now? What do we do now? Well, I'd love to find a restaurant and get a big I'm juicy a, I'm steak. A, I, I That's don't know. what I need. I'll tell you right now what I'm going to have. I, I, I'm an Eva balanced diet. I need <laughs> a Miller Lite in each hand. <laughs> no, I'm just going to have one Miller Lite for right now. Just in case. That's still decent. Uh, it's, it's, I'm it's, surprised it's, how cold the root beer was. Root beer? Drinking it in the car, <laughs> in the city, not even on the highway. That, my friend. That's getting your drink on. That's a man who knows how to have a good time. Yes, it is. Oh. Well, I do love Charlie's uh, iPad here. Three Sports Almanac. Confuses the uh, straights when they first see it. I'm sure it does. <clears throat> oh, oh, here's internet. Oh, goddamn. <laughs> Look at this thing. Is that the internet? Hi. Ethernet cord. That is the... This, God, is that really the internet? Yeah, this is... Oh, no, I heard the uh, the guy with the uh, 
lack of oh, foundation for hair. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was, was really important. He really was, and he had a lot of questions, and he was asking fax about the internet. machine. Is that what he said? He was talking about the fax machine. All right. Stewart, I'm in room 1414. My ass is on fire, and the only thing that can cool it down <laughs> is, some, is some decent Wi-Fi. I have to confess, I had to dive out of the car as soon as we pulled up. Abandoned me in ballet. I had no idea what was going on. I had to on. take the biggest shit in the world. I nearly shit my pants. I nearly joined the club, but I I somehow skinned the cat and stayed in the rumble. <laughs> stayed in the rumble of people who haven't shit their pants yet. Jason just got eliminated a few people ago, so I saw his carcass on the outside, and I was like, ah, ah, I ain't joining you. Not today, pal. Dun, 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 dun. So I went in there, and I went to this very nice bathroom in the bar area. Well, I, it was nice. I, it was. It was. <laughs> Best tense. It was one of those shits where, like, it's that initial just blow sound, like explosion. <laughs> and then just. The floodgates. It, I shit so much, it breached the surface of the water. Like a, it was like a mound of fire ants just underneath the surface that were just peeking out for joy. And somebody came in, and somebody was not really enthralled with what they smelled because there was coughing. I'm not kidding. A little bit of <coughs> Yep. And I just sat there just looking on my phone and shit because that's what I do when I dump is while I have fecal matter just inches away from me, I'm on my phone. So that way... Watching Jimmy Kimmel. That's right. I'm watching Jimmy Kimmel while I take a big dump. All right. Next objective, finding a place to eat. Wow. You want a glass of water as well? Oh, no, I'm fine. Thank you, though. Like, I went upstairs. No exchange. Right. No I read that on the thing. And I that sounds like, like a tagline to the movie. It does. <laughs> you took a knife under the table. People may think this is a bit suspicious. We're in a fancy place here. Place of class. I would love to contribute, but my focus has gone completely to this fucking thing. Maybe no refunds, no exchanges can help you open it. It is there. He pried it open. It's amazing. That's America. Where you just ingenuity, simple ingenuity works. Look how thick this thing is. <laughs> yeah. Welcome. So, moment of truth time. Yeah, it'll it'll work. It'll work. Apple products, man. Oh, I know. One thing. I hated taking those calls. I mean, you can you can see it in that Steve Jobs movie. I only want this to work with my stuff. Granted, like over time, you know. Oh don't yeah, they've like, kind of let that go. I mean, well, I was gonna say over time, you don't want to use that. Because, what? Like, because I if I guarantee you that charger will ruin the integrity of the battery. I can just only guarantee it. But for tonight, it works. It'll work. It'll be fine. Now, if you really want to charge heavy, put it in air, keep it in airplane mode. Yep, I'm not, I'm not going to touch it. Well, except to check to see if the battery's actually going up, you know. Okay, yeah. we are. See? We are here, Same. we are going to have some din din. You're going to order a steak, aren't you? 
know what's what funny? I'm going to be so polar opposite. I'm going to be getting the uh, black bean burger. I will be. Your lifestyle. I don't know. No, 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 no. It's not them. You like? You actually enjoy it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Black bean burgers are great. I like black bean. Um, I don't know what a bistro is. What the fuck is it? It's cooked in the bistro? Like, is it an actual... Like, it doesn't say if it's a ribeye or a fucking... Maybe it's play. a movie prop. I don't know. It's a movie prop, see? <laughs> <laughs> is this edible? It's like in Seinfeld, was it the camera guy without a camera? Is that, what it, is that, is that the guy? Um, that must be early season. Yeah. I can't remember. And there, there's a guy who's supposed to be something, but he doesn't have the primary instrument to be doing what he's supposed to be doing. I don't recall. Okay. No. So, like the shrimp and grits, which I love that. I wish I could see Obama speak tonight. That's okay. Is he speaking tonight? No. Have you been watching any of the RNC? Oh, I, mean, I didn't want. To, I didn't want to. Really? Because like I know how it's I'm fun. gonna feel. Mm -hmm. Because like that's it. I don't want to. See, this is what my mother does. She lives, you know, with Fox News on all the time, and I'm like, you have this thing on that's just gonna make you angry all the time. Listen, what kind of way? Mom's a Democrat? No, she's a Republican. Oh, she's she's angry because of the stuff that they say and they feed into her Thank ideology. You Improvise, but they feed into her ideology, and it just makes her angry. You know, yeah. pointing out what the things that she believes in, sure. and uh, I'm like, if it makes you angry all the time, and it's all you really talk about, it's all you have on 24/7. How do you live like that? Yeah. How do you live angry? Who would you rather fight, Sean Penn or Chris Penn? Well, and Chris I mean, Penn, because he's dead. Well, I'm gonna say, all things being equal, Chris, Sean Penn's a nasty motherfucker. I bet he is nasty. Dude, yeah. I mean, he, El Chapo? he held Madonna <laughs> captive for, what, three or four days? That's right. Another thing nobody wants to really talk nobody about. Nobody talks about that. No. That El Chapo thing stuff. That's the, hilarious. That's, that, that interview that he did, I think it was on 60 Minutes, where uh, he talks about the criticism that was levied against him. Hey, you knew where he was. Yeah. Like, that's the thing that cracks me up. Like, you knew where it wanted? Uh, you're, you could be wanted by their government for doing that. And he, it doesn't seem to bother him. No, he's uh, he's a maniac. Great actor. Oh, but a maniac. That's see, <laughs> that's always the out. That's, that's exactly. always the out. No, I mean, you can't tell me Mystic River, Milk, Fast Times. Like he's great in those movies. Sure, but he's nuts. Milk's a bag of crap. I hate that movie. Oh, it's, it's just because Mickey. You Rock know, did, that's right? that's the only reason. It's not. It, there's nothing rational about it. It wasn't as good as the wrestler. No, and should Sean Penn have won? Absolutely. It was not. no gang. It was no gangster squad. Because Josh Brolin and Sean Penn are both in Gangster Squad. I, oh, yeah, I saw the movie. I saw the movie. <laughs> Gangster Squad. Yeah, it was. It was exactly what I thought it was going to be. It was just going to be a. If you could take the most bare bones LA Confidential movie mm -hmm. and make it, that's it. Like, that is it. Oh, that's a good movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Ooh, Deviled Eggs. That's a tricky movie, too. Because that book is, like, book is huge. Spans years. That movie. That movie makes it sound like it's like just a couple months. Anyway, well, they gotta condense that stuff. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of people don't understand. Oh, it's not as good as the book. Well, if it was the book, it'd be forty hours. Yeah, long. I mean, you take a There's book. There's a huge any difference. Any book, if a book is over three hundred pages, you're in trouble. That's like, I mean, if you translated that, that's probably almost a three hundred minute movie. Or you and can, that's unwatchable. Or you can go. 
oh, here's a book that's 300 pages. Let's make three three-hour movies out of it. And people still didn't like it. They still didn't like it. They still didn't like it. So, go fuck yourself. Exactly. Yeah. That's all you, you, you got to that's all you gotta say. Yeah, the I mean, book's always better than the movie. Uh, instantly, I whip out like, Jaws. Because like, instantly. Yeah, I mean, all right. Because <laughs> Jaws Psycho. is Jaws is how long of a movie? It's a hundred. Two hours and two minutes, something right, like that. So it makes it 122 minutes. Yep. If if we go with this, it, usually they say like one page of script equals one page, one, page or of one minute of the movie, one minute right? Of the movie. Yep. So go in reverse. So that means that that if we took the script, turned it back into a book, 122. <laughs> it's hatching. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> it's hatching. <laughs> It is hatchet. Not, not the Adam Green so, movie. So that <laughs> exactly. So like that's the that's a whole translation thing. It's just stupid. I agree. Or I'm sorry, adaptation. Adaptation. Mm-hmm. And there's tons of, of times situations like that where the movie does exceed the book yeah. because the book is too indulgent. <laughs> You know, yes. just like, like right. this is padding at no, this so, point. So you mentioned Stephen King. Like that's a funny. Like oh, he goes, I mean, he talks like goes down a segue and just goes down a rabbit hole that just never seems to end. Like right. I don't need the backstory on this this bottle and where it came from. Oh, he loves that. You know, or, law or whatever. And, just, yeah. Like, that's why that Dark Tower series. Like, yeah, I mean, first book it's killer, but then like gradually after that, like they just get so verbose. <sighs> I agree. Oh, that sounds so good. I cannot believe we're going to see Guns N' Roses. I know! It's insane. It's phone's charging. Phone is charging. Alright. Um. Let's see what this is. This is a nice little joint. It's alright. Yeah, it's fine. You know, we're kind of tucked away in the corner. I think they're embarrassed. This looks like a... Yeah, I know. This looks like a... Uh, Expanded version of the kind of nice restaurant you'd see inside of an airport. Yes. Like, looks like a much bigger version. Everyone, of everyone looks, everyone comes in very depressed and they leave super excited because now they're all liquored up. Yeah. Well, that's what I did. Oh, that's what I do. <laughs> you have to. You have to. Because like, especially if you're delayed, or, oh, which right. I was. Being on an airplane, like, the thing is, like, there, there are two moments where everyone's anxiety spikes. Getting on the plane, because as soon as like they say, all right, it's time to start boarding, everybody uh, gets uh, the thing. It's like, no, 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 we gotta do the business. Gotta do the first, leave. first class. There's like eight classes ahead of yours. Everybody's. There's eight classes ahead of yours. So then, like, everyone wants to try and usurp the other class. It's like, no, 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 just wait. By the time you get on, then it's everyone, it's, it, you're seated and you're just like, there's that. And sometimes, like, when you don't take off right away, you're just sitting on the runway, you're like, like why aren't we taking off yet? Then your right. anxiety starts to really spike because you're like, what's going on? Is there a problem? And then you start thinking about your, ne- your connecting flight. Your connecting flight. Now, wait a minute. Yeah, and you start doing the math in your head. Once it goes Top Gun and it takes off, I always think of Top Gun as soon as it takes off. Yep, that's it. But then, once you're taxiing down the runway, everyone's like, all right, how quickly can I get out of this? How quickly can I get out of this tin can that I've been in for the last hour and a half or whatever? How do I get out of this chicken shit? But then, like, everybody wants to just bum rush out of there. It's like, just take, just hold on. I sit there. I just sit there. It's all you got to do is just sit there. All you gotta do, unless of course the connecting flight is vastly approaching. Oh yeah, if you have to take a vehicle to make it to your next that's gate, right. that's, that's when you know you're, that's you're cutting it close. Because you're gonna wait another line just to get on the vehicle. Just get on the vehicle. Everyone bunches into those buses and everyone's like, ah. <laughs> it's it's more combustible than being on the subway. That's true. Like, really? I think it's only five to six. I right, yeah. I wonder how long it takes to cook this stuff. 
This is a bistro steak. All right. 47? That's oh, so like... Oh. Oh, yeah. Like, legit, like, in the 90s. Like, I remember in 98, like... I you got, math out for a second. I math out. I remember. I, I, always, I remember. In 98, like, somebody sent me a text. And I'm like, yo, man. Well, send me a... What am I saying? Send me a text? Am I yo, insane? Man, from, from the future. <laughs> Marty! And somebody told me, he's like, yeah, man, there's this um, there's this internet wrestling thing. And I was like, internet wrestling? What is that? Yeah. I was like, well, you... There's a guy who runs the site, and, like, you create a character. Like, do you, I was like, do you wrestle? I was like, well, he writes out what happens in the matches, but he bases it on your promos. And I was like, well, how do I cut a promo? He's like, well, you just type it in. Do you type in the promos? Type in your promo. So, like, I gotta do of a course, like, my, my wrestler's name, it was Rabid. Like, I called him, like, just, I was like, because, and immediately. You're going to hurt that kid? Oh, yeah. I was an Austin ripoff. I was such okay. a Steve Austin ripoff. Sure. I wanted to be Austin and DDP. Like every like all of us did. Yeah. And like and I'd write out the promos and like I had immediately watched the cussing, because like the cussing was way over the top. Like I was just like <laughs> Yeah, look here, motherfucker. <laughs> oh wow. That's that's some easy this, W's. This isn't gonna fly, sir. And I remember <laughs> I remember my, my finisher was a diamond cutter called the Rabbit Injection. <laughs> <laughs> and then I added a rabid stunner, which was a stunner. <laughs> and then there was the rabid deathlock from hell, which was what a was scor scorpion deathlock. <laughs> scorpion deathlock. <laughs> very elaborate name for a very just you know, common move. And I remember like I started off like 0 and 2. Like I was like I was just a dirt. I was awful. Like I I, I was like and I was right now I was I was doing promos every day. Every day I was trying to write another promo. And they would get more elaborate. Like I was like doing like scene, like like scene headings. Like it takes place interior. Because in, like <laughs> these don't have to take place like in the arena. They could take place anywhere. I could take place in my backyard or something like that. I was I, was, I went down to the sewer and I had a promo. I took a camera guy down there. We, you're a fat doink. Yeah, just, <laughs> we went to the Golden Corral and we had a little talk with the camera. I remember this show. I was going in Owen two and I had to face a guy first. His name was Great White Shark. <laughs> <laughs> and he was a fat stain. This was the, where that was born. Right here. Oh, thank you. All right. Thank you very much. Can you get you anything else here? Do you have any horseradish? Uh, let me check. Okay. All right. I'm fine. Thank you. So um, I was 0 2, and I had to face a great white shark. This is, you know what this is turning into? Hmm. My dinner with Andre. <laughs> <laughs> See that Family Guy joke? Mm -hmm. My dinner with Andre the Giant. <laughs> no, no, no. We used to dunk on him. How's that steak? <laughs> I was 0 2. No, I'm facing. I just told we don't have it. Oh, it's okay. Thank you, though. I was facing the great shit. white shark. Who his promos where he was just a fat sting. <laughs> a fat crow sting, mind you. And so, I beat him. And then, like, the, the EWA TV title. EWA? What's that again? Extreme Wrestling Association. The TV title was going to be on the line. Now I was going to be facing Der Deutsche Soldat. This is the German soldier. <laughs> All right. 
I end up somehow. There's a burger here somewhere. I, I think I somehow end up winning the belt, and then afterwards, I'm not kidding you. The text I read it or on the screen. I read it. A sniper's bullet kills Dirt Oyster Dog. WrestleMania Seven? Exactly. <laughs> a sniper's bullet killed the guy. And then I found out was this wrestler. His name was um. Deadshot. His uh. Cosmo. <laughs> K O Z M O. You got any meat? <laughs> and like he was like obsessed with like, it wasn't Martin here, I'm guaranteed, but he was obsessed with bunny rabbits. He was like Lenny from a Mice and Mem. <laughs> and we would just have these promos. Like he would promo right back at me. Like I would refresh him. I was like, damn, he promoed at me. I have to promo back. My mom thought I was insane. Because I'd be writing all these things out on longhand, like what on you notebook doing? paper. You write them longhand? Oh yeah, I'd write them out longhand first. I even so when I, when I, I had the TV title, which was hilarious. Try to defend it every show to try and like like add some padding to my reign. I would purposely pick guys who weren't role playing and wrestle so that I knew I would win. <laughs> like this, the one guy the next week was Stone Cold Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Quite a creative peak right there. Stone Cold Scott. And needless to say, that was a squash. <laughs> Retain. Oh, dude, that reminds me. On Raw. So they had Big Strongman fight a, a jobber. Oh. Dude, this guy. Hey, was that, it was a legit, like, uh, performance-enhancing match. Yeah. Yeah. This guy got murdered. He looked like he was 80. Like, like, he had, like, weird lines on his face. And Braun Strowman just <laughs> murdered this guy. And, oh, here's one of the worst things. So, was it Balor? I'm trying to remember. There was a point where all the wrestlers came to, oh, 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 okay, so Battleground. So Battleground happens. Dean Ambrose wins. And all the wrestlers start coming to the ring, you know, to pick him up. Yeah. Then there's Eric Rowan in his weird mask just walking by himself <laughs> down to the ring <laughs> to congratulate him. What? Like, it totally breaks the character. How you doing? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Doesn't do shit. I did have a tag team called Road Rash. They did the... What was it, Prentice? The Jaws of Life. Well, we made it. Here we are, sitting in section... What is this, 134? I think it's 135. 135. Yeah. Aisle seats here. We're in a perfect spot right underneath the first uh, first rung. So we can't have a fat lady naked gun incident. Nope, nope, <laughs> nope. Not here. That's good. And see everything.
It is now 1.40 in the morning. Guns N' Roses, by the way, amazing. Very good show. That was fun. Yeah, yeah. And that was a good show. And it was a, it was a, no, I wouldn't say any real surprises in the set list other than, like, the cover song, you know. Because I bet, well, I thought about it, too, and I was like, you know what? I think it's neat, though. They, they, they took a little bit from each, like, each of their albums. Except Spaghetti. Well. Which I'm fine with. Live and Let Die was not on that. That was Use only the greatest hit. Oh, it was Unuse Your Illusion. Yeah, uh, Spaghetti Incident had Ain't It Fun and uh, Since I Don't Have You. And both of those are on the greatest hit. They didn't do Sympathy for the Devil on there. They were out on Slash stuff. I got you. But, um, you know. But, you know, like. I, I, I love Live and Let Die. Yeah. I, they, that's, that's one of those covers that they did where I truly think they made it their own. The thing I dug though when he did knock on heaven's doors, he didn't do the hi, hi. Well, I was waiting for the only one part just to say I hate you, but they didn't do it. His like, there is something about his voice that is so unique mm-hmm. and awesome. It's two layers, like there's two distinct voices he's, that he's he one has. One of those singers, which aren't don't come around often. Like, no, like, it, like just an example. Like he looks a lot like Brett Michaels, but they couldn't be more different in the way that they sing. Right. And it's no strike against Brett Michaels because I do. Di- Every rose has its thorn, is a good song. Sure. It's just unfortunate what you know where it kind of went afterwards. Like if you just take it as in a vacuum, like that song, that video, video's the awesome, video is great. fucking awesome video. But like and that song came out a year after Afterlife. Yeah, but when you take that type of song, where like it's going to be a dialed back Brett Michaels, it's not going to be like you know the their heavy their heavier stuff, you know. There's not the voice doesn't change that much, a little bit. No, Axel was the first one I ever had noticed that went like there are two different voices well, to the point Axel where I thought Rose there was two singers. Um, Tom Keeper from Cinderella, mm. he has a voice that's, that's very nice and yeah. good, and then he has a voice that sounds like Ryan Johnson. And that's one thing I learned with Axel singing Ain't It Easy, he sounds a little bit like Bon Scott. I never really noticed it before. Bon Scott kind of did the two voice thing too, but he definitely did the, the screaming. But Axel, I actually really like Axel's regular singing voice. He, he, he does it on patience. And I, I was, the other thing I was shocked about was like his voice didn't look like it really missed. Not really. Very impressive. Not like, like, all right. It David wasn't Lee, like Vince Neal. Or David Lee Roth. Even David oh, Lee Roth. David Lee Roth. Is not, like, There's a big difference between David Lee Roth on stage and David Lee Roth in the studio. Yes. I think David Lee Roth in the studio breaks it. I love his when you put people in front of him, he's gonna do what the he's gonna do whatever he wants, and it's it's unfortunate because he has a great, boozy sounding voice. Yeah, I I was really there were two things I was shocked about or also impressed with Axel's energy. He all over the place. Really, and he looked good. Everybody looked good. And it was like you know, I, I've heard how like classic gun shows could be where like they're violent, they can get angry, they can get you know they get ornery. All those phones aimed at him. He didn't do anything, so he's like, I mean, oh, he's come around." Listen, all right, we're in Atlanta. There are a bunch of yuppie schleps here. Yeah. Not for all, all. This is not speaking for all of Atlanta, but the people that were here. It was this weird generational mix it was here. Weird. There are people. There are people our age. Like, uh, the difference between going to a, a Poison show and a Guns N' Roses show. Like, there are more girls at a Poison show. Uh, and it's like, that's kind of cool. <laughs> But like, like this is predominantly guys. Like there, there were a lot. There were there were girls. Yeah. I mean, like it, it was weird. It was like 
the yuppie crowd, and then the exact opposite, like, So to kick off that, the cult opened, which was really great. great. Ian Asbury was um, a a guy who's like very unique. I think he's Irish. I Mm -hmm. think he's Irish or some. He's I forget exactly, but and I forget because Doors is like after Morrison's death. Doors of the twenty first century. I I I I don't remember which which nomenclature they were under at the time that he played for because they did the Doors. Doors is twenty first century. Writers of the Storm, because I admired the drummer. The drummer always seemed like the biggest square, but he had the biggest point. You know, he was like he had the best point. Jim Morrison's dead. Doors are done. That's it. That should be it. Like Queen. Yeah, I mean, it's like but on the flip side of that, like in their defense, and even though I don't believe in them playing devil's advocate, I hate that the songs in live performances have to die. That's I know. the only That's, thing. That is tough. You're right. So, like when Queen goes out on the road and. Because we will rock you and make people happy. I think that's great. But I think it tarnishes the name a little bit if the singer is like Paul a Rogers. new. No, Paul Rogers. I think he did all Paul right. Rogers, I think, did as good a job as he could possibly do. And I like that they had Paul Rogers because uh, Paul Rogers has a completely different voice. Yeah. He has a voice, I think, that's much and more suited. It opened to up like tons of catalog possibilities. Like, right. You can do Bad Company songs. Free. You can do Free songs. Yeah. Or, and, uh, what is it, the. What was the fucking band with Paul Jimmy Page? The Firm. The Firm. Yeah, one album. Radioactive. Yeah. Um, radioactive. That song is the only one I remember. But anyway, um, but Ian, but the Cult, man, like they've got some tracks, and like yeah. I, I don't know where they kind of fall in. Also, like Guns N' Roses in between hard rock and heavy metal. Yeah, there's no real Cult. The Cult is weird because they're an '80s band. Yeah, like that's they're only they a couple hot. years before. But, right, but no one really calls them an '80s band. And it's kind of like Red Hot Chili Peppers. They were an 80s band. So was U2. But, U2 kind of escaped U, that, too. Yeah, U2 actually was in the 70s, but U2 peaked in the 80s. But they, they like, U2 was able to rise above everything and just become a monster with Joshua Tree. Yeah. But then there were these bands that didn't kind of stay middle of the road. They never had that really big hit or a ballad that classified them as 80s bands. Yeah. You know, like, Red Hot Chili Peppers never had a, a hit until, like, 91. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they... Then, it's crazy, like how they became such a '90s, good yeah, '90s, a good band. '90s, band. Yeah. one of the best '90s. Bands. Yeah, they've got some new shit out too, don't they? Yeah, they put out a new album. I, I don't have it, but um, but um, but the cult was great. Very much. So. They were good. I will listen to more of them now. They played a lot longer than we thought they would yeah. too. They played a good by hour about, by about twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah. they extended that. And, the, and I knew two of those songs at least. You know, I was looking at my phone as they were playing. I'm like, Sweet that's Soul Sister, man. Jesus, that's good. That's, that's a good, good song. song. Yeah, Love Removal Machine, uh, She Sells Sanctuary. Yeah. Like, those those are good songs. And, and yeah, the guitarist is very, like, Angus Young or Malcolm Young kind of riff. It's like, can't go wrong with this, this chord. Right. <laughs> a lead-in. Yeah, so, that was but good. But, man, what made it great was, like, just this fucker behind us that was just, like, he was, he was not having anyone that, like, we were, I, was, I don't know, there's some cops down there. Um, uh, this guy behind us, we were on the aisle. The seats he got were fantastic. I love They it. were good seats. I think. The guy behind us, though, was a big cult fan. Mm. Huge cult fan. And there are these just these, these mutants that would just go down the wrong side of the stairs. Now, you guys have all been to a show when it's the divider and you have to go down many, like many you sets treat of it stairs. Like car lane. Just like cars. Yeah, stay on the right. Always stay on the right. You got people cutting in on the left and. 
Yeah, this guy was a wrestler than it, Oh, Jesus. Yeah. That guy behind us was getting so angry. His Sit wife the just, fuck down. I never heard her speak once. Not one time. I don't no. know why she was there. But um guns guns getting out there. I there yeah, was right off the bat, they open with two advertisements. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so, uh, it's so easy and uh Mr. Mr. Brownstone. Brownstone. Yeah, it was like there you go. Yeah. Like, do album doing album tracks. That's a, that's climbed up. That that one's not far behind. Think about you for my oh, favorite Brownstone? gun. Yeah, oh, I love that. And and just he's it's him doing that voice like that weird like yeah like yeah, it, <laughs> awesome yeah so they I, I thought it was cool they did play a lot of or not a lot but they played like what two or three Chinese two they played Chinese like, Democracy the song and they played Better which is a which, great those track. are arguably the two best songs yeah. on on that album and I like that I like that Slash is playing on it I like that it justifies and acknowledges that. Go to see so many bands, and they will leave out uh, songs from albums that indeed contain songs like that. Yeah, you know, like all they the really time. treat it like it was a complete catalog. Yeah, it was the whole, the whole catalog. Those fucking like videos they were playing, like mm-hmm. they met, like saying that for that fucking you could be mine. They had you could I don't know you could only see it if on the side if on the side uh, videos where it was showing, you know whatever like Axel or Slash was doing on the main stage like in the front. You could see the video behind him, and there's like a there was a Terminator ride. So like they I missed they were the cool thing was two of those movies. those those uh, those visuals and stuff like matched the song. Perfect. It was great. Well, there was a point where uh, when they were doing November Rain, Slash was doing the guitar solo, and it looked like a new version of uh, the old music video, which was playing right behind the church. Yeah, yeah. Instead, it was like a big wave that was behind. Yeah, them. you know, it's like oh, the, the November so Rain good. video was it's was great, very good. Is that Stephanie Seymour? Who's is that the, the model? Director. The model that's in there? Oh yeah, that's who's right. like who was, was Axel was with? Yeah, you. I think he slapped her around a little bit. I'm not. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm. I mean, she she, like, one thing. All right, one thing I love about Axel is that he is so like he th- he is so confident in himself to a bad fault, to a terrible fault. But I at the same time, it's like. That band is very special. Like, there's something that a lot of bands from that same era just never quite got that they just happened to get. And it's not just him, but it's all those it's all guys. Yeah, or at least the, the three that are important. That's what we always say. Hey. If they get back with Duff and Slash. Right. Not anyone else. But yeah. Duff and Slash, because they were, they were the, the guys in that band. You weren't a fan of the covers. Go and just. I've do. never been a fan of Guns N' Roses covers. That, that was one thing I forgot to say about their greatest hits album. Three songs from Appetite and a too many cover songs. Yeah. And Guns N' Roses is a good enough band to where they don't need to have that many. Like, Live and Let Die is one thing, but Knocking on Heaven's Door. Um, they did M- Mama Ken doesn't really count because that's on TNR Live. Right. Uh, what, 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 the Devil being on there, I, I can justify that because it had never been on the radio before. But they're just one of those bands. Uh, like, like, they played The Secret in by The Who. Yeah. You know, it's like, why? They, like, you, you could you they play... Did, they did, like you said, Layla. They fucking Layla. They did Layla. Like, they kind of did it twice. Oh, and they did Pink Floyd. They did what? Uh, Wish You Were Here? Another Brick in the Wall. Didn't they do that? I think that was... I thought that was Wish You Were Here. I like thought the... it was a quick little riff. They did Voodoo Child. Yes, it, for like, yeah. For Hendrix. Yep. They did that for like a few seconds. Yeah. And, you know, I don't mind stuff like that, but... And he does the, the Godfather, Godfather theme. He's always done that. Yeah, and that's I awesome. I don't mind that, but if you're going to like pick these songs, like, 
one thing about Guns N' Roses after Appetite that always bothered me, and Matt Sorum said this too, because I thought I was born in a rock band. Axel spent most of his time at the piano. You know, it's like, you listen to Appetite, and it's a tight, hard, rockin' album. It right. sounds amazing. And then you get to the other stuff, and there's, and I can't blame him for trying to branch out, but I think he goes a little too far. Like, the songs all become, like, nine minutes. Yeah. And it's like, like they're almost Led Zeppelin level, but they don't right. have the impetus of, except for November Rain. I think right. that song is... And I think Civil War is pretty badass, Civil War is a cool song, but it's, like, six minutes. Right. It's like, it doesn't quite hit that. And C- Civil War is fine. I think that's a little... I'm glad that they left out the last line in the song because I've always hated it. Like, you're the only result of war or any of that stuff. It's like, come on. Like, you're, you're not, you're not an actor. Right. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to hear, hear that stuff. Um, yeah, just, they tried to just be too many different things at once and ended up leaving very little in there. Yeah, because they're rocking songs on Guns N' Roses are, are great. There's just not enough of them. And, and, uh, and, Typical Charlie's to be old fashioned. There are many people he's angry with around the entire show. Mm. It's so awesome. This little what, like little ten year old? She wasn't little. Oh, uh, oh, you're talking about the kid. Oh, she dates him two and a half men yeah. sitting next to me. Oh yeah. The mouth breather. The mouth breather, right? Yeah, he kept hitting me with his leg, and oh, like, why would you force? And then we had the nat- old son. Oh yeah. That guy was awful. Like he was drinking a ton in front of that yeah, kid. Yeah, he actually like. I mean, the kid was annoying as hell, but it's not the kid's fault. The kid. Father actually leaned over to him and said, "Okay, you stand for the next song. You stand for the next." And I'm like, "Just stand whatever the hell he wants to stand. Don't make him stand." Exactly. Like, if he doesn't know the song, he doesn't know the song. It's your job to have him know the damn song. And then we have the natural disasters in front of us. Those two big behemoths. Earthquake, typhoon. Yeah, and man, it's like he had his arm around her so tight, like he was afraid that someone was going to take her away. I, I think, I think it's fine, bud. Yeah, man, I, I think even Captain America would struggle getting that bitch out of that seat, man. Yeah, and, and she left a couple. God, there are people getting up. What I can. What? I, I've been seeing this a lot more in movies recently. Yeah. Like, I was talking to Michael about it. It happened all the time during COVID. Like, Force Awakens like, at the midnight show. It's like, you've been waiting all your life for this movie, and you're just getting up, walking around. You can't sit still for two hours. Exactly. You're a grown man. The problem is, like, if you present alcohol at something like this, everyone's going to feel the need that they have to drink. Right. And I and I and I'm. And when I see we love of, drinking. We're drinking right, right now. Right now. When I see a bunch of people get up at, all at the same time, it tells me, oh, they don't know this band. They were getting up during, like, You Can Be Mine. Yeah. And, and you know, songs like that. You know, not, not like super well Basically, those, those the, the, the big three from Appetite are the songs that people are waiting exactly. for. Exactly. That's all they were waiting That's for. That's Those are all, like, I used, I used to do that with Cleveland High School where they're like, those are the three. Name me three songs. Or name me a song that isn't one of those three and I mean, hey, it's totally cool. I mean, I I loved hearing songs. I was like, I've never heard this, but it sounds great. Like there was some, I don't know what what it does. Hearing Como was pretty cool. Is that the one Duff led off with? Duff, Duff. Oh, that was another cover they did. What the fuck? They did Iggy and the Stooges. Okay. I was like, I didn't know. Uh, I didn't. I didn't catch that. You know, now we're a punk band. You know, like no, I don't like punk. But no, like they played Coma. I think they played a Strange. Uh, I'd have to go back and look at the list. They did like three or four of their. Yeah, hearing Coma was pretty cool. Yeah, so. I swear, Axel was like in the Benjamin Button mode where he was like trying to get, he was getting younger with each. That was he something was, we were trying to figure out. Like, like, after he, every two songs, he would disappear. He would dip. If there was a long solo, dip. Dip. Get out. And you're like, okay, he did change costumes, but like the whole time I'm thinking, is he back there on oxygen? He's He had like four or five different hats, bandanas, shirts. Yep. 
jackets. Dude, I mean, everything. You seem to be having a good time, though. Oh, my God. Like, it, you couldn't tell me that they weren't enjoying themselves. The other person I was impressed with for energy is Slash, because Slash, to me, was always, like, the kind of statuesque. Right. The way he was presented. Oh, he was moving around like he was in the he dog was, walk. Yeah. He, everyone seemed really pumped. Mm-hmm. So. And, oh, we, we, that's another thing we forgot to talk about. There, that place, it wasn't full, but it was close. Yeah. Like, in terms of seats it that they were making available. It was, like, 85 90% full at Georgia's place. Yeah, which... I mean, no small feet for I mean, we know from WrestleMania there was uh, 70-something thousand. 75,000? And they they probably shut down, like, probably, let's just call it, like, probably two to 3,000. They probably had to shut down. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and we could see it. Oh, you mean for WrestleMania? Oh, for this. Oh, for they, this? Yeah, you could see it. Yeah, and, they, and we didn't fill up. I mean, it's not like the whole thing filled up what was left. It was close. I'd say it's got to be at least 50. They had to have at least 50,000 there. Yeah. Oh, it's oh, yeah. Easy. Yeah, it Easy. was fifty thousand. Yeah. Which is great. Great for them. And great for Rocky. That was a hell of a show. Yep. A damn good show. And then tomorrow we go back to South Carolina. Yeah. Real damn life resumed. Oklahoma. Sad. Yeah. Only another thirty-five or forty years, and it'll all be over. Jesus. There you go. <laughs> there it is. Right turn or left turn. One way street. We're in. We're making our way through downtown Atlanta. 10:40 a.m. We're on the. We're, we're on the way back. It's finally uh, it's all come together. It's been great. It's been a great, uh, great day. Great day. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Hey, if you've never driven through Atlanta, you really owe it to yourself. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'd say that. It's, it's as close to driving on the West Coast and like L.A. as it gets on the East Coast, with the exception of maybe New York. That's 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 driving I never want to do is New York. <laughs> I I still haven't done it. No. Well, look at this. Look at this road sign. I see this road sign. It's upside. Yeah. It's upside down. It's, it's upside down. Is. That's south. I love that. <laughs> 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 oh oh no. <laughs> what is that? I don't know. You got a people on us uh, segway is just in the middle the of the tour city. guy Jesus. yeah, yeah. Oh, well well no we, we were just talking about money somehow if you guys haven't had a chance please go find bob holly's book the hardcore truth mm-hmm. it is an amazing read and it's simply because most of the books are written by guys who made it in the business really made it like they were they they made it to a very high level in the business we all know you know hardcore holly you know and he and he himself like is very you know he understands exactly what his role was in the business he was he was enhancement talent he was an enhancement talent guy for uh, for many years especially in the 2000s like there really was no um, how you doing you know you, you gotta think too he had for a guy who never won a major title he had a hell of a career he did like starting with, with the spark plug character in um, WWF for the new generation era Teaming up, I remember with uh, Marty Jannetty. Yeah, I remember when they won the titles, and then he had a, I, one. I think one of the best and least talked about uh, character transformations that actually was better than the previous character. Well, remember he did. They did try to put him in that Midnight Express in between. They did try the that. New Midnight Express. Right, right. I do remember that. They tried that. That noble experiment failed quickly, and it's just I think 
a big reason why it failed was it had Jim Cornette associated with it, which I don't think, like, they really gave the NWA invasion any... I don't think they gave it any reason to succeed. Yeah, that was a one-foot-in kind of deal. Right. So, you know, it's a good book, though. He's got a lot of... A lot of... It's to, it, a lot of interesting tales about... Especially, like, one of my favorites. One of the little things is, like, when they adopted the wear suits at all times policy. Like, WWF did, where, like, yeah. everyone, everyone had to wear suits. Like, Bob when they were traveling. It's so, like he said, like, what a lot of them would do is... They would show up in the suit, immediately go to the uh, go like to a room and change into their normal clothes, just <laughs> to get the appearance in that they had it. It's great. That's the effort that counts. Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah, I bet that that would be a good read. Yeah. Because yeah. he 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 was there on the roster for a lot of stuff. Yeah. And you know he was one of my favorite hardcore matches ever uh, for the title with. Uh, Al Snow at the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Yeah, the one in Tennessee where they go to the river. That thing's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, that was the first one that really went, I remember, like, outside the building. Yeah. And I was like, how is this going to end? Because remember, like, even after even after the New Midnight Express, he still was in the job squad as just Bob Holly. He didn't become Hardcore Holly until he won the Hardcore title. Right, when he was in the job squad, he, st- he still had the long hair. Right. You know, it was blonde, I, I believe, at that point. Did I ever tell you I had a job squad tape? Huh. Yeah, because I used to make tapes for lots of wrestlers. I had I, there's a job squad tape somewhere up in That's the awesome. attic with you know two cold Scorpio on there, Bob Holly. <laughs> and as Henry pointed out, like uh, in, in that era he's in on Raw Attitude podcast, they're calling him Two uh, CS Scorpio or Two CS Funk is what it is. I'm sorry. Oh. Uh, so like they they couldn't even figure out like what name to call him. Which one? And I swear at some point, like, he becomes Scorpio. Just Scorpio, I think. I'm not sure. But I feel like by the fall of 98, like, when they're like, well, what are we doing with this? That was a cool action figure. The Jet, the Jax Flash Funk action figure. <laughs> like, I have that somewhere. And it, I remember the, the, the boots were really weird. Like, you, you couldn't bend his legs all the way. So yeah. he, he was limited to a lower rung card. <laughs> simply because he wasn't as posable as the other guys. <laughs> He'd uh, occasionally run into Hillbilly Jim, who was still working the roster, huh? <laughs> I don't think Jack's released a Hillbilly Jim. <laughs> I, I said it on the podcast before, I, th- I still think my favorite figure that they did was the Val Venus, simply because it came with a removable towel. <laughs> that was so damn cool. <laughs> Which it came with Delo's chest protector, as in Russell does a SummerSlam 98. Well, SummerSlam match. Yeah. yeah. I've never understood that match. I don't understand nope. the finish. Like... Was Jimmy Cordero supposed like he put oh, on, oh the the money shot onto the chest protector? Yeah, he was he put it on, mm-hmm. took it off D'Lo because D'Lo had gotten so much heat in the crowd because he wore the chest protector, even though he wasn't hurt anymore, clearly. And Val Venus took it off him, put it on, was about to do the money shot on him, and then Jimmy Cordero's like, Whoa, no way, you can't do that. And he crotches him. Jimmy, Jimmy Cordero's <laughs> crotches Val Venus. So Val Venus is like like ends up uh I forget, like, it, it, the match ends in a DQ or something. Something's screwed up. I'll have to watch that again. And then Val gives Jimmy Cordero's the money shot afterwards. <laughs> I was like, what is this? I, I, always, re- I always remember enjoying that match. I don't remember the finish. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's too bad. The summer of Val. Like, Val Venus could not, like, 98 Val Venus is, like, the pinnacle. It's unfortunate, though, whenever they talk about him, 
retrospect on the WWE Network, they have to bring up the choppy choppy. Yeah. Like, like that seems to be where the character peaked. And then, uh, uh, what's that guy's name that he brought in? Um, the guy that actually did get have his dick chopped off. Oh, Bobbitt. Yeah, Wayne Bobbitt. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Dad had to explain to me who he was when we were watching it. Boy, what a winner that, that fella is, huh? Uh, Does somebody chop my dick off? <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the hashtag was uh, GNR Atlanta. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, I saw that. It was, uh, was a thing, so yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I figured with 50,000 people, it would have to be a trending topic. Gotta be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, w- I, I thought it was hilarious how many people, after we talked about Axel diving into the crowd after a video camera, it's like, can't do that anymore, buddy. Everybody's going to video this mm-hmm. on their phones That's true. in some regard. So, but yeah, man, it, letting it sink in for a night, it was, man, it was damn good. Like, it, it, um, it lived up totally to what I would have hoped. Like I would have wanted a gun show to be. Right. I mean, the, and they played for a long time. Like, they played for a long Almost time. Almost three hours. Yeah. Without a break. So I can, you know, I can justify Axel. He's stepping off every he now and then. Did look in decent shape. I think. Oh, he's look. He looks better now than he has in probably the last ten or fifteen years. Yeah. I, I I really like how he looked. Yeah. I mean, it's not like '87 Axel. No. But they, they, they've all aged really well. I'm I'm amazed by that. Yeah. You got to think. Yeah. Thirty years. Thirty years since they first came out. I mean, can you imagine like going to see anybody now? Thirty years from now, you know that it, you know that it doesn't like Beyonce. You know? Right. Exactly. Like, yeah, that. That's what was so crazy about like the, the range of fans. Like, there were some people like far like older than you would have think would have thought. Listen right. to Guns. They're all. I mean, there 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 were a lot of people there just to be there. They don't probably. They know the they hits. They three songs. Right. Yeah, and, and I don't enjoy going to those concerts. Right. Because you're, you're, you're paying a, an ass load of money to see a band that you only know three songs from. And granted, of course they're going to play those three songs. But with some bands, you don't know if they're going to play these certain songs. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's true. Yeah. yeah it, what, if they don't, what if they don't play this? You right. Know? I told, told you I saw Fleetwood Mac. They didn't play my favorite song of theirs, uh, Silver Springs. They, they, they did not break that shit out, and, which was a real shock to the system for me. Because, yeah, you know, you try to justify, well how, well, how can you go with this song without playing that, man, unless you're just fucking tired of playing it. I always remember hearing Kevin Cronin, Mario Speedwagon, saying, yeah, after about 40 years, you do get a little tired of playing Riding the Storm Out. And I'm just like, huh. But you, you like, it's... I'm not going to say it's your obligation, because, like, you can do whatever you want. I like Journey's approach. Neil Sean calls it the Dirty Dozen. He's like, there are 12 songs that we have to play, okay, no matter what. And, and we just, just got to get through them and get them out of the way. Because I, I know, like, when you look at band set lists, like, stop to stop on a tour, like, they'll change up, like, what they're going to encore with. Yeah. Yeah. Like, pretty much, Guns N' Roses always, like, much like ACDC always closes with for those about to rock um Guns N' Roses always closes with Paradise City which I mean it's it is that's a tough one yeah I mean to not close with because it's a great single right right 
I don't, I, honestly, you could you could easily do that or Sweet Child of Mine. Like, mm-hmm. you really could do either one of them. I think Welcome to the Jungle is an early song. You've got to yeah. do that one early to get people. And uh, they played that fourth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they opened with It's So Easy, which is the second track on yeah. Appetite. And that's great. I mean, the Duff McKagan bass line right at the beginning, you know instantly what that song is. And that's a great sing-along, too. They, um, yeah, that, um, The fact that they... I wish they would play a few more of the fillers from Appetite. Oh, those I are, wish they'd play the whole album. Exactly. That's It's the whole album. <laughs> like, when we went and saw Van Halen in 2007 on our two separate but back-to-back shows, yeah. there's a... I believe, I believe uh, the first album is 11 songs. They played at least nine. Oh, nine yeah. Nine songs came from the first album. And I, I was in heaven, you know, having never seen... David Lee Roth fronted version of that band only seeing the Sammy Hagar and he'll only perform a certain number of the Dave songs you know, hearing like Little Dreamer like that was fantastic and it should also be said about David Lee Roth uh, we keep going back to them but that's my band he sounded great on that tour yeah like you know you say what you want about the last one which meh you know, he, oh boy but like the, when that, that first tour in 2007 he sounded fantastic they really sound that rough the last yeah well just him okay i like that too it's a nice bookend though of like for someone like me who saw the first tour with dave in 07 and then i just saw the last one which will probably be for all intents and purposes the final tour with dave i i I can't imagine them wanting to do this again (laughs) yeah because the camaraderie wasn't really there uh between the van halens and him Right. He's always on his own planet anyway, but at least in 2007, I mean, it looked genuine. Yeah. It looked like it was, uh, things were good. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that, I mean, the thing is, like, according to that, way, that Dave and Dave um, podcast, like, he's under contract kind of with them. Like, that's, I like the way they put it. Yeah. That when you leave a band and you come back years down the road, you're not necessarily in the band anymore. You, know, you, you signed away your rights, you know, to leave. And then you come back in, you're basically a contract player. Right. And I remember in that 2007 tour, two things were supposed to happen that didn't happen. Uh, they were supposed to, and thank God this one didn't. Actually, both of them, because they both were terrible. They were going to release a brand new uh, Van Halen Greatest Hits album, uh, which it, which the last one was only three years earlier. But the difference is this one was going to be strictly the David Lee Roth era. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, no, just I'm tired of Greatest Hits albums. Don't right. do that. Right. And on top of that, they were going to name the tour or the slash of the band Van Halen with David Lee Roth or featuring David Lee Roth. You know, that's it's just not not right. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. You know, call it Van Halen. The fans of that band are very diehard fans. They will know that you he's can't, singing for that band. Yeah, you can't at this point. You could have tried, like, years ago, like, when that schism happened where Sammy Hagar came in. That was they the did only it in time. Was, yeah. Know, you could have, that was the only time you could have done that, but nah, not now. It's too far gone. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. So, I wonder what will come from this Guns tour. Like, what, what could happen from it? Like, would they um, would they finally do, like, here's the, here's the thing. I, it was, feels like the most likely to me, you do a true, a proper greatest hits with one or two new songs that they would that do would together. That would be good. That would be all right. That way you're not committed to doing an, one entire album that we know could take decades. Do. Yeah, for guns. 
And that's really a testament to Guns N' Roses' staying power, that their, their last real piece of relevant music to pop culture came out in 1991. Yeah. And here we are 25 years later, and they play the Georgia Dome, where, I mean, we estimated there had to be at least 50,000 people in that, in that yeah. stadium. Yeah. That they would have such a small amount of output of music, and yet every, everyone would still pay this amount of money see them you're talking honestly if you count use the or i don't know if you put use your illusion one and two together yep and appetite appetite you really have maybe two albums you're really pulling that's it over the whole band is based on around those albums like like, i mean there's scattershot songs after that that they'll play but like that's that's what the bulk of the greatest hits is (laughs) just two albums because yeah I, i i count it really as one album they recorded use your illusion yeah, what a! I know we talked about it yesterday. Man, that, that's a that was a that was a ballsy thing to do. I mean, that is that is ego, like it's ego. Yeah, man, group. we've got two albums. Yeah, most double albums will be released in one package, like uh, Stadium Arcadium by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, uh, the White Album right. by the Beatles. Like even that was released together, and it, but you actually had to buy these separately, which is it worked. Oh yeah, you know, like total combined, like fifteen million, I think, at the time. So bad. How many more stops do they have in this? It looks like they're about halfway through. I think so. Yeah. On this. Yeah, and then and then Axel will resume the North American leg of the Rocker Bus tour with CDC. Uh, That's ACDC. insane. I I know, I, him running that band, and, and I've contemplated going to see that just because of the novelty of it. And if you go on YouTube and watch Axel sing ACDC songs, it sounds like Bon Scott. Yeah. Like, that was something that I always liked about Brian Johnson was that he didn't sound like Bon Scott, like, at all. How are you? What are you doing? Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, even when he sings the Brian Johnson songs, he sounds like Bon Scott. Yeah. So, and I never, you know, it's something you never notice that his voice is actually fairly well suited for that material. Yeah, it was, when he hits, the, when he goes to that high screech, like it's a whole lot of Rosie. Right, listen to that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it'd be cool if they did this, and this would truly be a stadium tour, is if they did ACDC and Guns N' Roses on a double bill. <sighs> I'll tell you, if his body could hold he, up, yeah, exactly, physically and vocally like, hold up. Because you got to imagine all the breaks that he took during. This this concert that, that happened last night with Guns, yeah. Uh, ACDC doesn't doesn't do that. ACDC has one little breakdown like moment usually during their concerts. I, I can't imagine Axel doing those songs going off stage and then uh, ACDC doing something just instrumentally. It's just not them. Right. They're they're they always just seem like we're just gonna get down right yep, to the point. Yeah. We know what you're here for. You know, we're, you know all these songs. They're all the same anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but they're all good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was a smart move on their part too, because they auditioned a lot of singers. But I think, you know, it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword for someone like me, where it's like Axl Rose. I don't know about all this, but Axl Rose can can help a different kind of interest uh, in attending a concert like that, where as opposed to a no-name singer. Like I remember they auditioned the guy from Airborne. And it was like, he would have been good, but it wouldn't have been... Evan Bourne? 
Yeah, which is uh, GNR lies. Does that count as an? I, I don't. I, don't I never know. counted that. I mean, you I, I, you I, could. It's like eight tracks. I, I don't know, but regardless, it was the long away. It was always a trivia question, a question that existed for, I swear, like ten years. Like it was always coming up. What was uh, what's the name of it? Well, it's Chinese Democracy. It's a great album title. Oh, yeah, I, I love that. And like I said uh, for prior, it's a decent album. Unfortunately, it seemed like a lot of the people in the crowd didn't know those songs. Uh, th those were piss break songs. I, I had like I'll, I'll be honest, I hadn't listened to Better in a long time, so like I definitely like I, I, I I'm familiar with basically the the riff, the, the riff, the chorus. Yeah. Is it a chorus? I, don't I think it's we... I think that's a that's a finger pick or a string. Yeah, because yeah, because that's that seems to be individual notes. I, I um I just it had been such a while since I had visited that song, mm. but um it was definitely cool to hear it though, was especially Slash playing it. You know that's why. Um, that's why it'd be interesting, like, if you would really pump out, like, a new Greatest Hits. You can throw those on there. I'd be fine with it. Yeah. I'd be all right with it. Because you got to do a career spanning. Right. Right. You remember, like, when Axel and Kurt Cobain, like, he would, like, t I don't know why he'd go out of his way just to try and shit on Kurt Cobain. Like, there's, you, you couldn't be more, like, well, I mean, they're not necessarily polar opposite in terms of music. Not really. Their music's, you know, by and large same it's rock and roll like right and it varies between being hard and whatever but obviously like i, I just i i never understood like what's the one story from like the I, they're, they're sitting like him and courtney lover sitting outside or whatever just eating and axel walks by and he just starts getting mouthy with him <laughs> and he says something like i'll shut you yeah i'll shut that bitch up or something like that it's like jesus like why like what's your problem man that's his temper uh, there's, just there's that ongoing feud that he has with vince neal that's never been resolved where they they challenged Vince Neil challenged him to a fight like this was like 26 years ago or so awesome he challenged him to a fight and granted I mean I, I love Motley Crue yeah I act there I, I prefer them to guns simply because of the catalog but I think Axel Rose kicked the shit out of him especially he's nowadays an, he's an angry man yeah he's an angry man I, I think he'd, he'd, he'd take him to town like the, I'd, I'd, I'd buy that on pay-per-view. <laughs> I really would. I'm, I'm sure Vince Neil would want you to buy it. He needs... Oh, he needs the money. Can't make a living on TMZ what with Nicolas Cage. That thing. I, 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 he, that blue a, suit? I mean... No, man, that thing was majestic. I mean, Nick Cage looked like he had stepped out of Punch Drunk Love. Yeah, he was wearing Adam Sandler's suit. That's insane. <laughs> so, I, I don't even remember what happened. Uh, Some woman or some... This is the part that wasn't on the video, but some woman was like, uh, like all over Nicolas Cage and trying to get him to take a picture with her, and she was drunk, and he was trying to be nice and, and cool. And the theory that I like to believe is that Vince Neil was just pissed that he wasn't recognized, so he comes up and like slaps her in typical Vince Neil fashion. <laughs> typical, typical Vince Neil fashion. Yeah, this trashy don't, don't shit. Respect the business. But so Nick Cage like grabs Vince by the neck and he starts hugging him, and he's like, "Stop it!" I love you. <laughs> Stop it. We'll go back to my room. We'll watch it could happen to you. It'll be fine. I don't was, was that the unedited version? <laughs> no. <laughs> but Vince is, he's drunk too. Yeah, like, that's important to mention. But, and he's, man. He's, what is the stats with him and Motley Crue now? Like, what is, so like they stopped, you said the final tour was. It's over. And so, okay, that's yeah. it. That's it, yeah, they're done. 
which is probably honestly for the best. Was it one of those like? Was it just like okay, we just want to stop, or is it like, man, we're tired of this shit, we're tired? Like the, the way they they marketed it was pretty clever, where they signed a, uh, they all signed a contract together at a press conference saying that this is this is the last tour and they cannot come back from it. Now a lot of people have misinterpreted this as this is the end of the band. No, this is just the end of the touring band. Like they can still release music and stuff, but they can't they can't perform together. Uh, and which had a weird falling out part once the tour was over. Like, you you, you, you grow up with these guys and they're rock stars and, and you think they're just from another planet. And then like the first bit of like press release that Tommy Lee releases like a week after the tour is over is, yeah, bro, like Nikki unfollowed me on Twitter like the next morning. Like, what's up with that? And I'm like, really? Like, why do? You, don't talk like that. <laughs> don't sound like a normal person. It just just seemed like a petty kind of thing for a rock star. Like, like you're in prison for like two years, man. <laughs> and on top of that, I mean, Mick Mars has his declining health, which is awful. Yeah. Uh, but they're all going to do their separate things. Like, Nikki Six has like two or three bands that he's with. Mick Mars is working with John Karabi, the former second lead singer of Motley Crue. I gotcha. And apparently Nikki's really pissed about that, which is just unfathomable to me like that's one of my favorite Motley Crue albums is that one that they did with John Karabi uh, where that's another one of those we need to sound like a, the modern bands but that one worked gotcha and that is a hard good album and honestly like, part of me wishes that that, that band had continued that and, that final um that, that last album was that the Saints of, Saints Los, of Los Angeles I dug that, that song that, that was, a, that, that that was song. their best song in 20 years man that I was, thought I mean Hearing it on radio, like oh, it was on fucking it was radio. On radio, and that yeah, that blew my mind. When, when I went and saw them the last time, that's what they opened with, and it was oh yeah. Vince Neil sounded like classic Vince Neil, mm. and the thing was like the song to me wasn't alienating to where like if you heard it on the radio and you're like oh god this one oh what is this like this sound like something that sounds out of place. It was the right mix of crew from the from the past and modern. Yeah. I loved it. I remember I, how that when they first released it as a single, they were, it was released on Rock Band. That was the first way you could get to hear smart. it. And yeah, that like that was back when those games were huge. And now, like, what, which one is it that's done? Is it was it Rock Band that's done or no? Rock Band came back with Rock Band Four. But here's the problem: if you don't have enough people buying these games and they can't put out quality, downloadable content of, of classic songs that are more expensive to get, so it's it's kind of just not worth. I mean, it, it feels like now, like well. Because now, like, I've heard people actually get, like, you can get, like, a real instrument and plug it in. Oh, that's and, a Rocksmith. Yeah, yeah. Which is, like, that to me that sounds like... That should have like, been the original game. That, that, well, it, you had to, I get, starting with Guitar Hero and Rock Band, that's fine. But now, like, it's progressed. It's like, there's no relevancy for... For Rock Band, for it, playing the plastic it, uh, instrument. It was a great college thing. Like, oh, I remember in college... It was a party thing. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. And, uh... Somebody always broke that out. Here we go. I actually have a Rock Band drum set in trunk of this car <laughs> i just have no reason to use it is this like you're you got served like you're ready like oh, oh you, oh, you want to go you want to go oh i'll, and, I'll and, play the baseline of rem against you any day bitch <laughs> whoa <laughs> okay yeah that was the one instrument that you could kind of learn what drums were like yeah like, yeah because it, it literally was like a kick pedal and four pads you know you could get like the feel of what drumming would could actually be like if you played on the higher difficulty. Yeah. And Motley Crue had a lot of shit on there. Uh, like, they had their whole Dr. Feelgood album, which was great. But Guns N' Roses only had Chinese Democracy. 
Yeah, that was the thing. I, they didn't have yeah. the, the classic. Like, Welcome to the Jungle was on Guitar Hero 3, I remember. And it was like, oh, this is fun, but you can only do guitar. Yeah. It's like, that's a great drum track that's on there. It's like, I want to beat the shit out of the skins with this one. So, I was reading about Seth Rollins. He was tweeting. Oh. If you don't love pro wrestling across the board right now, you're missing out. I think that's fairly accurate. I mean, it's, it sounds like there's a lot of great things. I've... Just the last the last week or two, I just have been absent from it. But that's really cool. Yeah. But uh, that um, I remember like there were some band like there was this division like no man we're guitar hero band no no we're rock band right like you know they and I was just really confused by that because uh, harmonics did they did guitar hero and then they left after three and did rock band so the people that were making guitar hero once there was a competition, we're not the original makers. So it's like, well, obviously you would have to go with Rock Band because those, those are the guys that invented the genre. Right. And and, and there were still holdovers, like, we're guitar hero, well, and like, ah, uh, you know, it's it's too what limited. I didn't hear, what, what was it? Uh, you know. Uh. <laughs> Hokey. <laughs> <laughs> I should have brought that CD. But, yeah. And Guitar Hero is still around and probably doing worse than Rock Band. Yeah, those are just games that were a product of their time. Yeah. Like, I mean, it made rock music relevant again. Yeah, for it a did. time. And, there, and the, my favorite thing about those games is that it introduced you to music that you otherwise probably were never introduced to before. Right. Like, that's how, I, that's how I really got into, like, Faith No More and, and bands like that. Where it's, it's like, oh, they're, they're great. I, I've never heard them before. Yeah, it was. I, I remember looking at the catalog and stuff. Was like, man, there's a lot of shit there you can play. Yeah. Like, and if you want to play just the baseline of, uh, you know, uh, you know, pick a band, Smashing Pumpkins or whatever. Right. Here you go, have a good time. Like the only reason I would hold on to Guitar Hero is because they were. I mean, Rock Band did it too, but Guitar Hero. I think I like their band-centric games. Like, like I remember having Guitar Hero Van Halen. <laughs> uh, which, right. No Michael Anthony, though. No Michael Anthony. It, it's his bass line, but, yeah, we got Wolfgang, like, in the 70s looking like Michael Anthony. Oh, that sucked. But, like, I want to play the bass line on Unchained. Yeah. You know? What was like, the journey they took you through on that game? Oh, God. So it's, like, Van Halen from 78 to 84 with Wolfgang. <laughs> and there's a break. <laughs> the band just kind of went into hiatus. You know, it broke up, never came out again until 2007. And now you've got... What they look like so then. It's so they yeah, they completely just omit 5150 and all that shit. I guess you have to. There's not David Lee Roth. Right, and that was what the real unfortunate part because you're ignoring half of your catalog, and, and uh, in all honesty, the majority of the radio hits uh, by by doing that. You know, it's the same thing. I mean, if they had had Hagar in the band at the time and they only released a Hagar-centric uh, guitar hero, it would have been the same thing. It's like there's only there's only six years of your 30-year career, your 20-year uh, recording career, and it's just, eh, I mean, granted, to a lot of people, uh, understandably, it's the six best years, sure, but it's it's ignoring a large part of the success of the band. Yeah. Unfortunately. Well, the good thing is with the Sex Pistols, you're only going to get one album, because uh, that's all they ever yeah. did. Yeah. <laughs> guitar Hero, Aerosmith, I, like, the thing about these Guitar Hero games, though, that was terrible, was that... So, okay, you're not going to have the Hagar songs. All right. So, what, what's going to be in place of that? Well, Wolfgang picked out 
songs from bands that he really likes. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, goody. We inducted a fan. We inducted a fan. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like that. And because half of the set list on Guitar Hero centric, uh, band centric uh, games is songs by other bands, and you don't necessarily want that. Like Rock Band did what? The Beatles and uh, Rock Band. Uh, I love that. Rock Band did the Beatles. Great. That's fucking awesome. Then they did Green Day. Rare Guitar Hero did. Rock Band. A rock, rock Band. band Green Day. Yeah, you know, it's like. Uh, well, that would that would, was that at the height of. American Idiot, or like that. No, well, no it was a little bit after, but they I were still right, pretty though. hot. Yeah. You know? Like, I'd play Dookie, but that's about... Dookie, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. That's it. If I ever have to hear American Idiot again. Oh. Yeah, I don't mind... Like, I like Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Like, I think it's a decent song. I like the song title. It's like... I think that's a song built around a song title. <laughs> it's just... we have. It has to be good. Look, like, look at this song title. I, I just I loathe the uh, the notion that they save rock and roll according to Rolling Stone that one cover. It was that it was that one Rolling Stone cover that said like the band that saved rock and roll. And it's like, okay. <laughs> I didn't realize it was. Chili Peppers weren't recording at the time. Velvet Revolver wasn't around. Yeah. Okay. That's a, it was just such a ludicrous notion because. That's like that magazine article that we read that we laughed at. I love David Coverdale. I love David Coverdale, but the audacity of that magazine, to, back in like 91, where it's like the front cover's David Coverdale, and, and the, uh, the title of the article was uh, The Last True Rock Star, or something like that, and it's just like, um, I, I think we're giving him too much credit. I mean, what, you know what Robert Plant used to call him, right? Oh, David Cover Version. <laughs> <laughs> Plant's pretty iconic. Like I mean, yeah. he's a, I mean, he's a, the voice. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. But um, I would probably take David. I I would, I would probably, take David. I, yeah. Sure. But that's just. I think that's just from. Um, you know, White Snake is more in line with the type of music I like. You know, not that I don't. I have every Led Zeppelin album. I love Led Zeppelin. But you know, White Snake has those like Still All the Night and those great music videos from the eighties with Tony Katane. Yeah. Yeah. Like those just mean something else. And that album that Coverdale did with Jimmy Page that that I that I like. Yeah. Yeah. That that thing's pretty good. I remember. Um, I can't remember. I think it was when Robert Plant and and Jimmy Page did. They did a tour just together. Right. Like in the '90s. My right? dad went to that. He hated it. Yeah. Okay. Because hated it. One of my good friends went to it as well. And he also called Yeah. Sam, my dad and, was there. And yeah. he told me. He told me he was like, all right, so they would play like. One of the Zeppelin hits. Mm-hmm. It'd be awesome. Acoustically, right? And then one of them would decide it's time to break out one of the solo things or one, the, one of the you know the, the newer things. And immediately everyone's all right. It's time to go. That's uh, piss break. Yeah, <laughs> that's what that is. Like, like and that's so of, sad. Like I remember, Dad was really pissed. Oh, like, it was really my dad's friend who we went with. He was really pissed. They didn't play Stairway, which I'm not surprised they did. I can't believe they played it at that O2 show back in uh, 2007. Uh, Robert Plant doesn't like. Playing Stairway. Why like, does it? Because probably because oh. it's, it's his most popular song. It's uh, just one of those deals. And um, my favorite though is John Paul Jones. He was really pissed about it because he wasn't asked to do it. You know, and John Paul Jones, oh, he's a great bassist. He was a member of Led Zeppelin. 
Yeah, they, they could have they could have done that, but I, I think they wanted to be, have it be something separate from Led Zeppelin, even though you get the two core members. It's like if Steve Perry decided to go on tour with Neil Sean. Right. Yeah, you know, not call it Journey. Yeah, like Jonathan Cain is ne- like those three guys are necessary, like to really pull That's it off. That's core. Yeah. Yeah. To really pull it off. Yeah. They're, they're, no offense to like Ross Valerie or. Uh, Ross Valerie's one major contribution to that band, other than the bass line from Don't Stop Believing, is uh, I believe he has a co-writing credit on uh, Wheel in the Sky. I think I think that's it. But like that trio of writers, uh, those are why those songs are so good. Not to downplay someone like uh, Greg Raleigh, yeah. who, who wrote you know, the three albums with Steve Perry and Neil Sean before Jonathan Cain came in. Right. But like that was before the band truly became a commercial entity. Yeah. And by the way, that album's not bad either. Uh, the reuniting of uh, Santana, the classic Santana lineup with Neil oh, Sean yeah, and Greg yeah, Raleigh. Yeah. It's not bad. It's, it's cool to see Greg Raleigh recording with Neil Sean again. But yeah, you know. I'll be honest, man. When I hear just any Santana, I'm just like, oh, it's just getting stoned music. It's like, getting stoned music. <laughs> I hate like, to say that. <laughs> Man, somebody sparked something last night. I looked at you and you're like, yep, I didn't even yep. have to say it. I was like, yep, somebody. I'm always surprised when people do that in an enclosed space. Like, yeah. if I go to, like, uh, Charlotte at the, at the Verizon Wireless Amphitheater, whatever you want to call it, um, and it's an outdoor venue, I expect it. Yeah. I'm like, here it comes. Like, like I was, I had customers come in the other night, and they were talking about the show that they went to. And, oh, dude, I had to hold back. I was just like, because they've got, they've got decent taste in music. You know, yeah, it's all right. But here's the thing. This was a double bill concert that they went to. Yeah. Steely Dan. <laughs> it gets better. Yeah. Steve Winwood. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. By himself. Yeah. Give me some loving. Yeah. So they're talking about Steve Winwood like he's uh, this icon. Of, he's of, good. He's good. But... but. Like, the way they were talking him up, I was like, Steve Winwood? Like, really? Let me like, tell you about a little show I'm going to. It's called Guns N' Roses. Right. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. But, you know, they were talking about that, and, and, and then they get all snooty with the fact that someone had lit up a joint, and they said that the smell became so overpowering that they just left, and the show wasn't even over. And I'm like, <laughs> are you serious? Grow the fuck Grow up. up. Yeah. Because, I, 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 don't I mean, hey, that. it's not... I'll be honest, not my not my it's personal not ideal, preference. You know, um, they're not injecting heroin right in front of you. I mean, exactly. You know, I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna come down on somebody because like it happened at Van Halen. Somebody sparked up there because um, you saw a big release of smoke all of a sudden and you knew we're not. Woo! But what was that? Or go ahead. My favorite of these kind of stories is um, I went and saw Sticks. At uh, North Charleston Coliseum, I think. Dude, what a bill. They were playing with Aria Speedwagon, which is like their touring like wife, and Night Ranger. Oh, yeah. Which, man, that's a whole other story. But someone had lit up a joint, and then I saw that guy again in the parking lot, and this is like a schlubby looking guy. I mean, it just, he looked like Drunk Uncle. Oh, okay. Right? And, and, he's, and, he, and he just kind of like screams out loud. Doesn't anybody light up a joint at a stick show anymore? <laughs> He's like, man, things have changed. <laughs> fucking Encino man oh, over here just got under earth. Cracking me up. I was just like, Look at this fucking guy. He's just, I mean, way past his prime. 
<laughs> did, did you like notice the events that I thought they found the like because those guys were I don't know if they were pulling people the event staff people going up and down the stairs they had backpacks headsets and good and I don't know what they were doing I mean I thought oh, they were I mean, getting that's another thing we're alive yeah you know like that was a a small but relevant uh, fear you know that Atlanta would have I'll tell you man uh, this isn't the way that we grew up uh <laughs> Having to think about shit like this, so. where we are potentially a unofficial uh, honorary member of the third world country party. I mean, you know, the thing the thing is, just like Survivor Series, though, by about five minutes in, like, I had completely forgotten about I, it. I did, too. It's like, because, you know, I mean, there was a point where I looked around and I was like, if they're going to do it, they're going to wait until Guns N' Roses is, like, halfway through the set. They're going to wait till the cult's done, of course. we got to yeah. let those guys get out of the building. Yeah. What? <laughs> no, we're big cult fans. <laughs> big. Love removal machine. Yeah, but like they, they're going to want the maximum amount of people in there, and and yeah, I do agree with uh, my coworker that said that that eventually something might will probably happen to Atlanta. Uh, you know, it's it's our it's like it's it's Atlanta. That, I mean, that's but, where the next escape movie needs to take place. Escape, escape from, from Atlanta. <laughs> Fresno Bob. <laughs> what the hell are you doing here? Baltimore Bridget came into town. She said. Baltimore Bridget. <laughs> drives a Honda. She wears two eye patches. <laughs> <laughs> What's the point? <laughs> What's the point? Oh, dude. <laughs> Got a fanny pack on. <laughs> Baltimore Bridget. I like it. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so, Escape from Atlanta. Snake, yeah. why, why'd you let Escobar Musketeer just get caught the other... Why'd you let him get caught when we were in, uh, in St. Louis? I don't know, man. Like Escobar was uh, doing his own thing, man. He was over there in Michigan, Marty. Michigan, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> Michigan, Marty looks like the the fucking Goodyear thing. Like the t- he's like covered in tires. He just walks around in time. T- he's not very mobile. I mean, that's his problem. Yes, yeah, so. But uh, I guess like wrap it up what a what a what a it was an amazing time and uh thank you for making it happen mm-hmm. give you all My the pleasure. credit for that thanks a lot yeah absolutely it was worth it it was worth to stay overnight have a good uh i mean who knows what happened in the midnight hour <laughs> it would have been a hell of a journey but it's still um it's it's nice coming back uh, probably back around one in the greenville area so um not too bad at all but um as we said, like the, we're, this is come. This will be. This is. We're already at the end of our season. You guys have already heard by this point. Hopefully, WrestleMania X8 episode, so you know where we're headed, and you know that um, we'll be coming back in a few weeks. You know, once I get moved, settled, and remastered, and everything, rebuilt, redesigned, reclaimed. <laughs> get out of the ring when the face shows up. <laughs> exactly. Nope. <laughs> well, uh, we'll be back with. A- the ECW season of the New Blood Rising podcast will be a lot of fun. So, you know where the podcast is. It's at New Blood Pod on Twitter. You can find us on, email us at newbloodrisingpod at gmail.com. You can like us on Facebook at New Blood Rising Podcast. And, uh, of course, I'm at William Rinkin 83. I'm at CM underscore Stems. We'll see you guys for Barely Legal ECW. <laughs>